Level 240 hype! All the dyslexics, blaze it! Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Cuddlypoof and this is level 240. Joining me tonight is Kushmoose. Hello. Matriarch. Good evening. And Big L. Did you miss me? It ha- I, we have. It's been a while. You know, it's funny is that last week uh, Devin said I had uh, diarrhea. Well, uh, he's totally lying. Sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. Well, it's nice of you to make some time on your department. birthday to record with us. So. I was just about to say well, happy birthday. Yeah, happy well, birthday. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I missed uh, you guys way too much. He's lying. What? Misery loves company, right? I'm lying. If you missed us, then why didn't you play Halo with us on Thursday? Mm. Um, My Series X broke. (laughs) I I doubt I got Brooke to send me. But if it was, it's your birthday. Go buy a new one. I got Brooke to send me your Halo one. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I don't even let my nephews play on mine. You don't let yourself play on yours. That's another story. Lies. Oh. All right. Well, let's jump into this week's topic of discussion. And this one is simple. What is your favorite intro and or first level of the game? And did the rest of the game live up to it? I'll go ahead and start reading off the patron responses that we got. First one coming from Hawkeye. And fun fact, he won Hades. Uh, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> his, answer, his answer is a first level slash part of near Automata become as God's edition. I was I was doing this for a bean dive, not expecting much, and I was blown away. You're flying around shooting enemies, and then you're on ground fighting enemies. You're introduced to camera changing views, which I can't explain how well this works, and I loved every second of it. The rest of the game lived up to it. This was a game I actually streamed a while ago. I forget exactly the context. We were talking about it on Discord, and someone was just like, you should stream it. I'm like, oh, okay. And I agree with what he said the intro to near is very unique it and like he said it it's hard to explain how it works but like at one point you're like at a top down asymmetric type camera angle then it's a third person then you're flying around in a giant robot shooting things very unique it worked and it was a lot of fun i personally didn't like the rest of it that i played but yeah i at least i'm glad that he at least liked it I mean, especially when uh, you're expecting like an RPG, just like your standard, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII type RPG, and you go yes. in there and you just, oh, I'm I'm playing um, like Silpede. This is awesome! Mm. Wow, Silpede <laughs> yes. reference. Yeah, I I knew at least one person was going to oh, get that. It was so great. <laughs> so thank you. So great. <laughs> yeah, very inter- very interesting game. I actually thought I was playing the wrong game at first. Just with like the way the camera angles are and whatnot, it was not exact, not at all what you were expecting. 
Next patron response comes from GT3 Option Fan. Says, I think all of the opening segments for the Forza Horizon games are great, but my favorite is Forza Horizon 4. The way it introduces the new season's season's mechanic and jumps you right into the middle of the action for each with different cards and minimal setup is awesome. The rest of the game is great too, but the variety and pacing of the opening intro is really superb for a driving game. Also agree with that. For, Forza Horizon games, great intros. Although I think I prefer the, f- I prefer five, <laughs> just because you get to like race the airplane. It's cool. That is really such a great shout because most of the ones that came across my mind, and I think across a lot of people's minds, had something to do with the narrative that was being established in the further game. And the Forza Horizon intros do that, mm-hmm. but obviously they're not they're not rooted in story content the way other games are. And and that is a great choice because they totally get you right into the moment of the game. And the, like the fact that everything's happening in real time. So you're seeing all these beautiful vistas and the visuals are gorgeous and the water effects are fantastic. And then you're actively driving. Yeah. This, that was an awesome choice. I never would have considered it. I I agree. High energy right out of the game. Mm -hmm. And last one I'm going to read is from Ahizo. He said, if I have to pick, it probably has to be Mass Effect and Eden Prime. The intro cinematic acts like you're about to go into a basic, here's the controls type tutorial to prove yourself to the specters. Instead, it throws you into the latter half of an unknown army basically nobody knows exists, attacking a settlement and research site. Right off the bat, they murder one of your squad mates, immediately followed by introducing the Geff and what are effectively Reaper-infested zombies, murdering another character you thought was going to be important. And ending with you getting some sort of vision showing the death and destruction of civilizations you know nothing about. The game in a series most definitely lived up to it. That mystery was revealed and expanded throughout the main trilogy. And the story continuously gives you those kinds of holy crap moments up to and including the ending. No game has hooked me like that one did. And no game has lived up to such a high expectations like that one did. Yes. (laughs) this like michelle said with forza i never even thought of mass effect like but i completely agree with you where it does it just drops you right into the middle of this war zone and from one moment to the next it's just go 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 something new what's going on here holy crap what is going on Mass Effect, such a good game series. So I've been told. I played some. I played some Andromeda uh, multiplayer what? for the Game Pass quest. Nice. <laughs> game Pass quest. I killed twenty five enemies. It was. It was okay. <laughs> That's not where I thought. Did you get your twelve cents? <laughs> I'm like, wait, you actually play that? Uh, yeah, I actually played that uh, yesterday. <laughs> When the, when the quest came out, yeah, I went in and I did that, and uh, it was not horrible. I might actually uh, <laughs> like Mass Effect. I don't know. What? Oh, oh boy. It's so good. If you like sci-fi stuff with just amazing narrative, like, oh, it's amazing. Sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up my alley. That sounds awesome. So, uh, and, and the shooting was not bad, so, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe one of these days. And you're a Star Wars guy. Exactly. Yeah. 
You you would like Mass Effect. We shall see. For, for my answer, though, I would say Batman Arkham Asylum. Mm. That opening intro where you're wheeling the Joker in. That's good. And then eventually he breaks out, and then you have to fight off uh, all those inmates right there at the beginning. I remember playing that the demo for that on the 360 way back when, whenever that game came out. And I'm like, oh, look, a Batman game. Here, let me just try it out. I played the demo and then went, oh, my God, I need this game. And immediately just went up to GameStop and, and bought the game. I had to play it. I mean, and even to this day, the graphics of is just stunning. They look so good. They hold up well. The combat, I mean... How many times have we talked about how good the Arkham combat is? It's just, it's so good. And then they're having um, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conway do the voices. It just, Rip. everything about that intro is just perfect. It's so good. Yeah, I like. And of course, <clears throat> the entire game and the trilogy uh, was followed up to it. It was great. Yeah, I like when games do that whole movie presentation where. There's some story, and then there's some gameplay, and then you see the credits going on. Yeah, that, that is a pretty good answer, Kenny. All right. Let's go to Nate next. All right. <clears throat> I will read from Chesno's answer. He says, best intro to a video game for me has to be Portal 2, in which are in both world building and teaching how the game work. Uh. I have not played that yet. Oh, I dear. Think. I played Portal, obviously, but oh, not Portal same. 2. Um, <laughs> so I cannot speak to that, but uh, oh, awesome. I love it. Heart. Oh, boy. I'm Kush is getting a growing list of games from everybody that he's going to have to play at some oh. point. In, in oh. <laughs> Which is exactly oh, what I need. Right? Oh. I'm, I'm ready to be disappointed next because you've already <laughs> got something. Kenny and Nell. So. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on to Vulgar Latin, oh. God of War 3 immediately came to mind. Unsubscribe. Epic is a word thrown around a lot oh. in games discussion, but the scale here warrants the use of the word, and it's great, like the other games in the God of War trilogy. Uh, he um, is not wrong. God of, God of War 3, he, that, uh, when you first, <clears throat> first of all, have you guys played this? I know it's not Xbox. Kenny, when you edit, replace any instance of God with Gears, please. Thank you. <laughs> he's talking about, he's talking about the wrong series so has anyone played no. god of war 3 i've i no, only I played, played one and two the scale the Whoa. scale of three is mind-blowing uh, you're you're racing up this hill and that hill happens to be a titan and it's amazing. Like you're just, you're fighting on all these different uh, battlefields. And then when the camera pulls away, you see that the entire time you have been scaling a Titan and all of the places where you've been fighting, you can see them on the Titan uh, as you're fighting. Um, I think it's Neptune. Uh, it is just mind blowing. Uh, that sounds awesome. It's great. Uh, yeah. And that, that sticks in my mind as, as a great game. Uh, so that's a good answer, even though it's on Xbox. And then Chewy says one that stood out to me recently was Plague Tale. It's such a great atmospheric opening that immediately engages you with the main characters, the world, and the absolute poop-inducing terror of the rats. Uh, those opening <laughs> chapters are Whoa. such brilliant setups. They draw you into the game perfectly and what it has in store. 
I'm sorry, are such brilliant setups, and they draw you in perfectly. Uh, although the rest of the game doesn't have quite the same level of sustained tension as the opening, it's still really strong with some great set pieces, possibly excluding the end boss. Really looking forward to playing the sequel. Uh, I agree. It was a great game. I was really happy with it. Uh, it played uh, poop-inducing. Yeah, it was poop-inducing on my PC. Uh, it was. I had a <laughs> lot of trouble with that end boss on the PC. Um, and I, I think I bought it for the Xbox with the intention of going back and playing it again because I liked it so much. Um, for me, I'm going to break all the rules. Um, <laughs> oh, Uncharted man. 2... Uh, starts with this train sequence that is unmatched. Unmatched. It's an amazing opening sequence. And then you play Jedi Fallen Order, and it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> Both of those opening sequences are good. I think uh, Uncharted did it better because they did it first. Uh, then God of War 2018. That opening is uh, amazing. Uh, it, it starts out kind of basic, and it just builds and builds and builds. And uh, it's amazing by the time you finish that opening section. I don't want to go into it too much. Uh, moving on to Xbox-related things, I get to talk about Hogwarts Legends again. So this question makes <laughs> me <it> very <laughs> happy. Thank you. Uh, um, Hogwarts Legends. No, it's not does, what it's called. Uh, it does a, a legacy. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Hogwarts. That's all I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's just called is, Hogwarts. Is legacy? So, I don't know. There we go. Uh, okay. In any case. Uh, it's got this great intro. You you spend all your time making your character first, and then boom, your character is in a cutscene, interacting with these professors, uh, and you hop into a carriage, and they, without ruining anything, they show you their attention to detail uh, in the Hogwarts and Harry Potter uh, mythos. Um, they, they go right to like you know, if you know about the lore of certain magical creatures and such, then this intro is just amazing. And you're just like, holy crap. Uh, and then you go through this section and it's got like this opening where you're learning how to do everything. And then when you finally get to the credits uh, and that Harry Potter music comes in, oh man, it's just, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just think about it. Uh, the worst wow. part about that <laughs> is you have to do it four times, but <laughs> that first time is amazing. Uh, and then of course, last but not least, the Ori and the Blind Forest prologue. Uh, mm. That thing it, it was so moving. Um, I just I, just thinking about it, uh, I'm like, man, that was really good. Why did I not just think of that until just now? Like, I thought <laughs> of that like five minutes ago as we were talking. It's like, how could I have forgotten about the Ori prologue? Um, I, I wish <laughs> there was more Xbox, but but uh, those last two we'll have to do. Not bad. All right. Uh, Michelle, your turn. Okay. This is... Um... Well, I'm going to start with Wild West's answer because at least part of my uh, answer, which is going to be similar to Kush in that it's going <clears> to <throat> wind through a bunch of different things. Uh, but the first one I thought one was the same as Wild West. So I'm going to start with him. Uh, and Wild West goes with last month's game of the month, Bioshock. I remember the plane crash, swimming to the lighthouse, then going down into Rapture. You see the beautiful underground city, then the carnage from the Spicers. It's set up for a wonderful game. And I agree 100%. Like, mm -hmm. Bioshock is frequently my example of that whole concept that you can only experience that first time once, right? And that first descent into Rapture is like, it's something that has yeah. always stuck with me. But I'm also very aware if, it, if I was like, 
playing it the way I kind of play games now where I frequently have something else going on in the background and like the lights are on and the phone is ringing and all this other stuff, I would not have had that same takeaway from it. But it just set up everything about this this feeling of going into this sort of this this like amazing, fantastical, but also like destitute, you know, what's going on here sort of environment. I loved everything about that. So I agree wholeheartedly uh, with Wild West's pick here. Good pick. Moving on to Mighty Mango. He says Sonic Adventure on the pre-Xbox as no, or also known as the Dreamcast. When the dolphins jump out of the water <laughs> at the end of the first level, it was just amazing visually, not to mention the speed of the game. Of course, the rest of the game was rubbish, and the XBLA, XBLA <laughs> port <laughs> was terrible, too. Xbox-wise, I'm going to say Bioshock. So, another vote for Bioshock. The start of the game was just amazing, and the visuals had such a wow factor. The rest of the game, at the time, had such an interesting story, as well as plot turns and twists that were really groundbreaking back in 2007. And um, Mango didn't mention it, too, but Sonic Adventure also had uh, like a song that plays throughout that first level, too. And like it immediately gets stuck back in my head as soon as it gets brought back up. So, I uh, that that's it's a case of kind of two different things in a way, right? Because Sonic Adventure is really that whole package of the first level where Bioshock is more what you're watching happening. But that was the spirit of the question. So, good choices right. both. Also, good choice. That um that makes me for I was <laughs> of course I had yet another answer and I've. <laughs> But you mentioned you mentioned the music, and if mm-hmm. I just say Mega Man Two, mm-hmm. uh, can you guys picture that? Yeah. Absolutely. Nope. The music of Mega Man Two and just like the opening credits mm-hmm. you know, to the start screen is what I'm talking about. Like that that is forever ingrained in my brain. Yep. I hear that music right yeah, now. I'm picturing mm-hmm. the whole thing. It, the the beat is bumping and it's time to play. And <laughs> I, I'm ready. That game is awesome. I have sort of similar feelings about the first Mega Man X as well, like the the prologue stage. Like I I can in, I could probably blindfold myself and just play that first stage through because I played it through so much. But yeah, they the music is a big part of this stuff, so that's a, a good shout too, Kush. Um, Mental Knight Five says the Force Unleashed had the best intro. You are Darth Vader. The game does not live up to it. You are not Darth Vader. <laughs> I don't know. Great answer. <laughs> if, like you've played Force Unleashed, is this kind of correct? Accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, you're definitely not Darth Vader. <laughs> the game was great. I don't know. I I'd say it lived. It would. It lived up to it because there's a couple of parts in that game that are just amazing. But yeah, that opening level. Is so good. You feel like you're one of the force, and you are an unstoppable force, slaughtering Wookies and anything that stands. Oh in your boy! Way. <laughs> um, and then fin- sorry, Chewie. <laughs> and finally, from the group I'm reading, Fug just says Skyrim opening the uh, opening scene. Pardon me. So hundred percent, nice and simple. And I guess there's a dragon. That was the first thing I thought of. I haven't seen it, but I'm picturing cheese wheels. Right? <laughs> Just lots of cheese wheels. Hey. That's why fuck likes You're awake. So, 100% agree with that. So as I've already alluded to, Bioshock was really the first game in the Xbox space that came to my mind. Um, but a lot of what I thought of was really stuff that was older. And I think we're seeing that here as well. But I remember, and I don't know, Elle, if you have a similar memory of this and, and Kushu as well, Like, but pretty much on every game pre my Xbox 360, like one of the first things I would do is I would put the game 
you know, the cartridge in or the disc in, and I would wait. I wouldn't start the game. Mm. I would wait to see if there's one of those like attract mode type of things where there's going to be a video mm. playing uh, or, you mm-hmm. know, a credit screen or anything like that. So a lot of stuff that came to mind to me was stuff like Chrono Trigger, where you see the you know, they have the music playing for the the uh, introduction. And there's all these different sort of like highlights from out the game they show that that was a lot of what came to mind. Um, Final Fantasy seven also came to mind because it was one of the earlier certainly was not the first mm. But it was one of the earlier instances of computer-generated full-motion video happening and then the scene turning to a playable moment. So at the very beginning of the bombing mission, you're seeing the train come from overhead. The train is approaching. The train is approaching. The train is approaching. It stops and Cloud jumps out and you are in the game. And that was mind-blowing at the time. Man, Michelle. Yeah. Look great at the time too. The right. train and pulls into the station, then cloud doesn't move, and Michelle, you're like, What's Michelle. <laughs> What? Believe it or not, I was gonna say Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> because that was the first thing that I came because that opening scene and the music and all of it. And we got the um It's incredible demo disc. Um I know there was one for I think Tobal number one, but there was also yes, the PlayStation magazine had it. Yep, and I, I know I played f- through that first part a few times uh, before the game ever even came out. But yeah, it is pretty memorable. It's quick attack while it's tails up. <laughs> <laughs> Worst translation ever. Yeah, I was going to make a transition about how uh, you know we shouldn't mention any PlayStation games that involve trains in the beginning and. <laughs> oh, like, like, <laughs> like Nate did. No, it's all good. It's all well, good. Kenny, I'll edit all this out. It's fine. <laughs> but there was, yeah, there was a lot of great stuff. Like Final Fantasy VIII also had a great introduction. The whole sword fight scene between. No, uh, no it doesn't. Okay, so we'll we'll let that go. Okay, no, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Cat like, people, right? that was cat people. Wild Arms on the PlayStation One. I don't know if anyone played Ooh. that, but me. But like. The, the anime intro and the song, the music, the way it just kind of set up the vibe yes. of what you're about to go through. Uh, and Chrono Suicune Cross. 3 yes. had another one of those intros that just, <clears throat> like, it just put everything out there for you and it got you, like, really engaged. Like, And it, these weren't things where you were necessarily starting the game. You just were letting the disc play out and it was, like, calling you in to play the game. So Final Fantasy VII is clearly not that example. But I, I don't know if it's just the way, again, we play games is different now, but I don't ever think about doing that. Like, I don't turn on a, a Gears game and wait there because I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be looking at the main character on the menu screen for a long time. It doesn't do that sort of stuff. So this question, when we first hmm. knew that this was going to be the question for today, I was like, ugh, this is not, I don't know about this question. But the more that we're talking about it, it's a great question. And I wish... I had taken more time to actually go through and really like look at the games in my history and think about like what what beginnings, what intros really called out to me. Because I don't think it ends with all that PlayStation stuff, but that's or Super Nintendo stuff as well. But that's really where a lot of my thinking wound up. Yeah, we're old. That's yeah, true. I had forgotten about those. I had forgotten about those reels at the beginning of games. Yeah, uh, it was a different time. Same. Yeah, it absolutely. Uh, those are the some great content in those. Just, just waiting and watching the intro. I wonder, like, if you, like, if you were at a, a store and you were watching, I wonder w- if that was the reason why they were there. Like, 
Like well, if you were at a store and you see the game on and right, I, see some footage. I think, but I'm not a historian about this stuff, but arcades have attract modes, right? Where the whole idea is it sits on the main menu sure. for 20 or 30 seconds, but then it's going to show you a gameplay loop because it wants you to throw quarters in there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of early video game development was informed by arcade development, right? That's why so many early video games are so hard because they were still sort of parsing out what works for the home game player and what works for the arcade. And I think those sorts of things were similar to those attract modes where exactly what you said, L, where this is going to be in a blockbuster video and it might still be if you go to that one in Bend, Oregon or wherever it is, but like it's going to (laughs) be sitting there and it might be displayed. And we want to make sure that when people see it, the only thing they're seeing isn't just the title graphic, that there's something else going on there. And I don't think game development today focuses on that as much because that's not the way we consume our games media anymore. Sad. That makes sense to me. Now we're sitting there thinking about all that. Sitting there thinking about this. Tekken 3 also popped into mind where it's just a beautiful opening cinematic where I remember way back when looking at this and going, (laughs) wow, this looks so real. This game is incredible. And now I'm like, it's just, it's just a nothing game. (laughs) It doesn't look all that great anymore. Polygon, polygon, poly, poly. Yeah. Yeah, and the actual gameplay for Tekken 3 looks even worse than the cinematic. Somehow. You're supposed right. to throw uh, it to me. Then I I was about to. Jeez. Hurry up. All right. Go ahead. And then you, you, you do it. You go, Al. All right. I wanted someone to mention uh, a brand new game. We were talking about all these old games. Uh, Skeptical Mario says, <laughs> oh boy, E1M1 for sure. Classic, oh. classic music, innovative, immersive mm-hmm. gameplay for 1993. Explosive barrels, secret doors, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love. Oh my. Miracles. <laughs> Kenny, what game is he talking about? E1M1. Oh man. Kenny. Go use your Google Foo. Type in E1M1 into 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 Bing. Get your five points. Oh, you actually want me to do it? <laughs> yeah. I'm mostly just curious. Uh, well, it pops up if you type in E1M1 into into Bing. Doom. All right, Doom. <laughs> I led the witness, and you should have figured it out right away. Wait, <laughs> it is Metallica E1M1. Yes. The music in Doom uh, was inspired by uh, bands, <laughs> Metallica being one of them, yeah. Pantera, and many others. Well, you see, now that's how you get me to play a game. You tell me it's ba- the yeah. music's uh, stolen, inspired I mean, by inspired. Metallica and Pantera. Absolutely. It's classic. But uh, that we can go on into a different rabbit hole with uh, level ones having the best music, Mario. And um, it's just Tony Hawk. Oh, or I should have said Mario, not Doom. But he's right. That game, much like uh, Final Fantasy, we all back in 1993 got this thing called shareware, and we had um, discs mailed to us of games on them, and you would play the first part, and they would hope that you liked it and bought the rest of it, and. Doom was a shining example of that. I know Nate will know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, we used to walk into uh, Electronics Boutique, and they would have yes. the the discs just there on the front desk. You just pick one up and walk out with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't. The alarms didn't go off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be able to play a little bit, and then yeah, and then you just pass that that disc around. Yeah, that yep. was before viruses and, uh, <laughs> and uh. fun stuff like that. Back in you know the days of safe gaming. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of demo discs around laying around somewhere. Um good answer there, Mario. Carpe Adam says, I'm gonna go with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Starts off like a Star Wars movie and is a bit of a Star Wars nerd that pulled me right in. Other than the backtracking to get the collectibles I missed, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with the game and it had an epic fight to conclude it with. I can't wait for the sequel. One of the few games I think I'll have to buy day one at full price, so I'm that excited to play it. Well, I'm not sure if I knew that about you, Adam. Yeah, from what I've heard about that game, it's very good, and with some quality of life improvements, it could be, like, really, really good. Like, the backtracking, uh, as noted. That sound right, Nate? Uh, absolutely. They said, I mean, that's what they fixed, right? They fixed backtracking and apparently you get to ride animals. I, I didn't think that was something that was missing. But, uh. <laughs> if you go faster, then, then why not? I guess. Must I go guess. faster. Must always go faster. And last but not least is our newest patron, Hurricane Dale. Welcome aboard. Uh, he says, I think this is where survival horror games can really shine. The opening for Resident Evil 7 is my pick. Perfectly sets the scene for the game. And lets you know that Ethan, the main character, is in for a real bad time. Oh man, I'm just waiting for that Resident Evil game where you're like walking in the forest and picking flowers and nothing bad happens to you. <laughs> we need a good version like that. Uh, he also says Far Cry 3 deserves a mention, setting up the first villain, Voss. Perfectly shows just how insane he is. Unfortunately, they did the beat and switch halfway through. Hey, sounds like spoilers, Dale. Uh, he says there's a new bad guy. All right. Second half felt flat. And that's disappointing if the uh, opening sets a certain expectation and then you're left feeling less than after finishing the game. So note to self, don't play Far Cry 3. Thank you, Dale. I wasn't going to play it anyway. I was just about to say, it's not like he needed him to tell you that. <laughs> you know what, Michelle? I'm going to go defend Gears of War. All right. You can. Um, I don't think that's a bad they choice. Drop you, the first one, they drop you right in to Emergence Day, and you see building fall down. You see mm-hmm. um, just Marcus. You don't know what's going on. You see Marcus and like this huge spider thing, and you're like, what is going on here? And then they drop you right in, and there's a gameplay mechanic that I had never seen before where you can choose to go to training or just go on to the main story. And I would say most people would do training. I think there was an achievement attached to it, but also there's there's some little story in there too. And you learn mm-hmm. how to use your grenades and you learn how to use your guns. And like, I don't remember much about- I don't I, oh, remember that. Oh, really? It's, it's like A lot of these they, things blend together for me, but I remember that pretty vividly. Well, that, that's they the break problem. Marcus out yeah, of the slab. Them all. That, that's probably the description maybe but like that's remember marcus is like in the prison there and essentially he's this disgraced uh warrior for the for the coalition of governments or whatever but they they 
release people from there because they need more people to fight the, you know, fight the enemies that have come about. So that that's what happens there is it's that whole moment where he gets freed, essentially. And you're right, Elle, that's a great instance of that because you you don't know what's going on. We know that now with the benefit of hindsight, but like you just get dropped in there. And it was a really smart way to introduce the gameplay in terms of, look, if you want to learn how to play, go ahead, hit the you know right trigger. You're going to get that little experience, like you said, a little bit of story. Otherwise, hit left trigger and mm-hmm. you're just going to move right into the game. But that's a, that's a good call. I had forgotten about how they baked in the tutorial like really smartly in that way. Yeah. Yeah, that was different. I had never seen yeah, that I- before. Yeah, I can't think of an instance like that either. I like that Dale also shouted out the uh, horror genre because, like, that immediately brought to mind to me Silent Hill Two, which I hadn't thought about for this question. But the the beginning of Silent Hill, uh, the main character James is like reading through a letter that I think it's his wife Mary. Yeah, his wife Mary had written. That's like you know, in my restless dreams, I see this town Silent Hill, and like that frames the whole game, and it keeps coming back to that. And so that's. I hadn't even, again, this is really such a great question because it's all these awesome memories of playing these games and that feeling of just jumping in and getting started. But yeah, survival horror games have to set up the the ambiance, right? And how, like how your environments are going to be. And uh, yeah, I haven't played Resident Evil 7, but that's absolutely true that uh, it just reminded me of Silent Hill 2. I just thought of another game while while we were sitting here and it's... Uh, uh, the DC Universe Online game, the opening for that, like the beginning cinematic is incredible where Lex Luthor basically just wins and murders the Justice League. Looks incredible. The rest of the game doesn't hold up. Yeah, I was going to say. And then you get into the game and all the menus. And where did I put that? Is uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, it's not- Spider-Man underpowered or something? Oh boy. Yeah, something like that. Okay. How do I redeem my code? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right good question all right good question patron kenny yeah good question <laughs> that's a good question and if you didn't have your question read out read on the show we still want to hear your thoughts so be sure to go into the discord and go to podcast discussion and tell us what your favorite intros or opening cinematics or what have you is your favorite and why it's killing Wookiees. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Final Fantasy VI Max, Michelle. Ooh. Yeah. That Ooh. mode seven Classic. scaling. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Saying things I don't remember. That's okay. All right. Let's get into the game showcase. So I'm going to go ahead and start this off with a brand new game. Something that came out yesterday, and it's on Game Pass. It is called Merge and Blade. Now, have you guys ever played any of the Merge games, like, on mobile? It's it's a very popular genre and very popular type of game on on mobile games. Mm, Probably the most notable that you guys might have known is the 2048 game. Wasn't there one with, like, houses that would turn into castles and stuff like that? There are merge games that yeah. of something turning into a bigger version of itself in 
every shape and form. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I figured you all would have some sort of idea of what exactly it is. I figured the 2048 would be the most known since that was like a massively popular game forever ago. Oh, of course, 2048. That's, that's, it, it took me but, all this time just to remember what 2048 was. But yes, okay. I, I you were addicted know. to that game. <laughs> I was. I was for a little bit. Oh, it's got everybody a, was addicted oh, to that game. Oh, it doesn't have a different name on the one you had. No, no. Oh, there was threes it, it, as well. Right. There was threes. Exactly. Oh, threes. I totally forgot like f- about threes. No, like a fake Android But I played way more 2048 than threes. Same. Right. Yeah, I, I completely forgot threes existed. But yes, Merge and Blade is very much that type of game that uh, that everyone I'm describing. Except in this, it's also a battler. So... The idea is you start off and you have like a five by five grid and you have a couple, you have two different troops that, that you can place somewhere on your grid, but it falls straight down kind of like in a Tetris. And once you match up at least three of the same type of unit, they merge together and create a stronger one. And, you have a couple a couple of different turns to be able to sit there and merge your troops together. If you manage to merge um, four or five or more troops together into one, where instead of just three, you get an extra turn, so therefore you have more time to build up troops. Or if you make multiple merges in one in one go, you get more turns. Uh, once again, just increasing your strength, and then once you're turns kind of wear off your all your troops run off to the right and, it, and now it enters the battle phase and you see a couple of different enemies and they all line up now let's say you somehow have like five troops all spread out in one line from left to right when you go into battle they're all going to line up straight up and down so there's a little bit of strategy in it where you want to place some of your like more tank straight up like just melee units up front have your archers in the back eventually as you go on throughout the game you unlock like a priest and that heals so there's a some strategy in there on what units you want where and you can also move your units around in the middle of battle but you can only swap so often and the strategy in it is really nice, and as you defeat enemies, you earn gold. You can then use this gold to to get upgrades that uh, that where you can obviously upgrade your troops, make them more powerful, get make it to where you have more turns, and you can also use the gold to unlock further troops. Um, like I said, this is brand new. I haven't put a ton of time into it yet, but it's one of those just addictive i just want to play one more type game super simple too (laughs) and uh something i was looking through the options and this is a like very basic looking almost like 8-bit type game and i found it funny that in the options they have the option where you can change it from like performance mode to quality mode (laughs) like it actually makes a difference (laughs) So this sounds great, and uh, I know that this, uh, I think the description was read last week, and 
then I promptly forgot about the game. Did you happen to play? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and this is how it goes when we have all this stuff. But um, did you happen to play Ma- Might and Magic Clash of Heroes? I don't I'm guessing think not because so. it's an XBLA game from you know over a decade ago. Um, yeah, probably not then. But it, it, I know the name, but I don't know if I played it. So it had a. It sounds like not exactly, but sort of a similar concept where like all of your troops would come down, and then the puzzle aspect of it was that you'd have to you'd have only a certain amount of moves to try to get like uh, similar troops together. So, and depending on how they matched, certain effects would happen. But in that game, there was sort of like like a world map. So you'd move from, you didn't have free movement on it. You'd move from point to point, and some points would be battles, some points would be like taverns and things like that. Is this just like a series of battles? I, I'm sorry if you explained this and I just missed it. But is it just sort of like you set up and then you battle and you set up and you battle and that's it? Or are there other management aspects to the game other than... uh I think you said about like upgrading the characters themselves. So no, I didn't actually explain that. So it's very similar to where you have like the world map and it's like point to point, similar to like um, a castle crashers where it's Mm -hmm. this spot, you press a and you go into the battle, then you can move to the next spot. And basically each spot you enter in and it has X amount of battles. So like you have your setup phase where you have a couple of different turns to try to create as big of an army as you can, mm-hmm. then you battle. And then once you win the battle, you go back to the the building army phase and you might do that five, six, or ten times or whatever it is, whatever the, the level calls for. Okay. That sounds uh, very interesting. And it's also like it is. It's it's a it's a fun little game. It's nothing complicated. If Anybody likes, you know, light strategy type games or puzzles, that kind of stuff. I highly recommend this from uh, from the little bit that I've played. I can tell I'm going to want to keep playing this. Um, the achievement list also is relatively easy. I mean, I personally already have 12 of 34 achievements. They just come by real quick because the vast majority of the achievements are unlock this class create and merge up until you get one and then eventually level up each of the different classes to level five then there's achievements for like completing all the campaign challenge uh levels stuff like that like there's it's nothing on here looks like it might be super difficult but there are a few that it looks like you're gonna have to kind of try to try to get it. Oh no! For instance, uh, make five <laughs> merges in one turn or merge eight units at the same time. It's nothing terribly difficult, just something you're gonna have to set up for. I also wonder, L, have you been looking at the achievements for this? Um, I've actually been watching gameplay footage, and uh, reminds me of Fifty Years. Except Fifty Years is not as much setup. It looks like you have to drop people and strategize a little more in this one. Um, why is there a funny achievement name or something? Well, you have like the orc hunter achievement, but orc is O R K. I figured you would like that. I do. I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, looks like you can play on windows also. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
I did not notice that. That's always good. PC Game oh. Pass. Take advantage. I will say I did try to play this on uh, xCloud, mm-hmm. and this is kind of annoying because there's no touch controls for this, and it's such a basic game. Like, well, you want to just I don't want to have to yeah. connect the controller to play this. Like, just let me touch the game. <laughs> this this is definitely one that needs to have it. All right, maybe it'll get there because it'd be a, it's such a good toilet game. Like, put touch controls on this. <laughs> So uncouth, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Merge and Blade. Brand new addition to Game Pass. Uh, oh, I also forgot to mention, once you get a little bit into the, into the game, you beat the first, I believe it was first five levels, you unlock a roguelike mode. I have not yet oh. tried that, but that sounds like a lot of fun with this type of game. So this is one of probably going to have multiple genre tags once TA finally gets around to doing it. Great. Is there a double Definitely jump? Give it a shot. Kush, you're all over this, right? There is no double jump. There's not even a <laughs> Kush, you wanted Game Pass games. Uh, you're all over this, right? Uh, well, I was until you said the roguelike. Uh, it's not we'll a main thing, uh, so it's not like something you have to play. We'll see. Now, does it give you... Well, you haven't tried the roguelike yet, so... Yeah, I haven't tried that. I've yeah. just been doing the campaign missions, just having fun with that. Like, uh, there's not even a, a an achievement tied to roguelike, unless I missed it. Uh, because the, the last game I played that was a Vayner that then added roguelike, uh, the roguelike part was not the best part of the game. <laughs> it was Rocker is, is angry at me right now, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not even an achievement attached to the roguelike part, so you don't even have to play it. But yeah. That's all. Actually, no. I have one more. I have one more thing. Uh, just so anyone's not as confused as I was when he first opened up the game, I don't know if it was for some reason just my Xbox or if the game comes like this. But when you first turn the game on, it is in like Chinese or something like that. I don't know. It was some sort of character language that I didn't understand, and I went, "Oh God, is this like a tunic type situation where I can't <laughs> read anything?" And I happened to click on something on one spot and there was English characters. I'm like, oh God, this is tunic. How am I going to figure out how to play this? And then I was just fumbling around in the in the options and figured I and figured out that I can change the language. So if that happens to someone else, like you can figure you can change it and put it into English. Yeah, there's a forum post for that. <laughs> apparently oh, starts up apparently starts up in Korean. So uh yeah. Oh okay Korean. <laughs> yeah. Odd. I just okay, but yeah. Merchant Blade, fun little puzzle battler game. Highly recommend it. Uh, Michelle, what game would you like to talk about? Well, I think I'd like to talk about Merchant Blade, but I'll have to get back to that next week. Um, I am going to talk instead briefly about Word Breaker. <laughs> you will like it. I think I, I think I would, and and like when we mentioned it the other week, I I remember saying that, but just so easily distracted. Um, but, uh, along that line, it's always nice to look for games that are easy to jump in and play while trying to manage other stuff. And Pauki games are generally good for that. So Word Breaker is basically their Wordle. Um, so in, in case you're somehow not familiar with Wordle, uh, Wordle is, uh, you know, a daily game that's now put out by the New York Times where there's a five letter word you 
put in your guess, and then you'll either get an indication whether you got the correct letter in the correct space or a correct letter in the wrong space, and you have a set number of guesses to get to the right word. Word breaker is that, with the major difference being that no letters can be repeated. So it's easier, um, and it's really low impact, nice, simple game to play. Now, like some Pauggy games, this is one that does require you to play all the puzzles, but there are only 120 puzzles. I'm sure there is a list of all the answers, so you can just go down the list and put put those in if you want to do that very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's not anything super um, extensive to talk about. But there's achievements for each letter uh, once you place each letter correctly, so it will just pop out a ton of achievements very easily. There's the typical Pauggy, you put in a naughty word achievement, uh, waiting for a while to put in a, a letter that sort of stuff. So yeah, if you're looking for, for something to satisfy that Wordle need, it's fine. Uh, it's obviously a good, easy, quick gamer score. I like these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, that's really it. I, yeah, we just did the month rollover refresh for all of the different contest stuff. So I'm looking forward to some other stuff I'm going to be working on later this month. So this was kind of the holding pattern uh, game over the last day or so while all of that was getting reset. So this is probably going to surprise everyone by actually just downloading this. <laughs> just now? I actually downloaded a couple of the Palgi games. Oh, okay. I mean, this is now, a good... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the way I use my Palgis is for spelling challenges because a lot mm-hmm. of times they have a good first letter variety. This one does not. No. Um, <laughs> no. It's A, a couple Bs, like 27 or 28 Gs for give me every letter of the alphabet. Um, and then an extra one, I think, maybe. It's hard to count here. Uh, and then then two Ls, an O, and a T. Uh, so this one's not great for spelling, but uh, it does have a lot of achievements, and I like that. Yeah, and it's it's also a good game. I know L. This is uh, a more typical thing for you, but like if you have a non-gaming person in your household that you want to rope into helping you with some gaming, or like it's a perfect thing to be like, hey, help me figure out this word, and and wouldn't uh, you know most people wouldn't reject that sort of thing being the gaming that you're doing, so it it works that way too. I don't know, L. Like you started Word Breaker, right? I don't think you've finished it as yet. No, I just played a puzzle or two. Yeah. That one. These games are all kind of functional that way. Yeah, the difference is if you mess up Wordle, you're screwed for the day. If you mess up this, you just try again. Anyway, so. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Wow, there's a lot of puzzles. It's funny. My friends, uh, most of my friends just blast right through the games. Like they don't, they don't chip away at these. They just go in and they just do them all. And then I have a couple people like Matriarch, Big L, they're just slowly chipping away at them. Freemole, <laughs> well, we know why Freemole's doing it. He's using it for this for this W's. But. Well, typically, I'll use them as sort of streak preserver games. So I like to play them without looking at a mm-hmm. list anyway. But I'll I'll look at the. Um, there's another Pauggy game, I think it's 60 words maybe, where it's like a, a crossword, it's a, a search word style game, but every letter is part of a word. So it's not a traditional square type one. Um, 
So with something like that where you don't have to play every puzzle, I'll look at the achievement list and look at the puzzle I need to go to. But I don't really I don't look up the answer after that. So I can, again, have that drip feed of achievements to keep the achievement streak going. But this one's pretty simple. And you go through them so fast because at the first couple puzzles, you're going to get five achievements or four achievements per puzzle because you're placing unique letters. So this is a good one to bang out pretty quick. I didn't realize just how many puzzles were were in these games. Yeah, this one there's a like hundred and twenty in this. Yeah. Yeah, but each puzzle is really thirty seconds once you once you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Once Brooke knows what yeah, she's I'm... doing, <laughs> then it'll be okay. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you can just look. You can just look up the solution. No, stop. That defeats the purpose. No, it does. Oh. Yeah, most of the Palki games you have to look up and you have to play the one in the third row, fourth column. Mm-hmm. But this one you have to do them all anyway, so it's just easy to to bang out. Yeah. All right. Well. As, unless anybody has anything to add to that, uh, let's go to Koosh next. What game would you like to talk about? Well, let me tell you about a little game that's not in Game Pass, um, which I know they is weird. Theirs? I know. I know it's weird. I'm sorry. Sometimes I, I know that was a thing. Sometimes I zag. Um, it's called Nine Witches Family Disruption, and it has 256 starters. So I am here to let you know about this game. Um, 140 completions, three to four hours. Number one, the cover art for this is amazing. Uh, I just love that style. It's a total bait and switch, uh, because the cover <laughs> looks great, but then the game itself is kind of like an eight bit, um, you know, LucasArts Aww. point and click, which I personally love. I think those are great. I wow. think they look good. I'm out. <laughs> but, uh, but the art style from Can the it. cover to the, to the actual game, is very different. It's, it's a lot like a uh, maniac mansion. Um, mm. And in fact, the game, the game uh, setting is very much like a maniac mansion or a thimbleweed park. Um, so if you like those games, uh, there's a good chance that you'll like this game. It is a point and click adventure game. Um, and let me just, <laughs> I'm not so good with story beats. So I'm just going to read what they, they put out there. And it's uh, when an occult <laughs> German World War II division releases an ancient curse upon the world. Total LucasArts uh, storyline, by the way. Uh, a supernatural problem is going to require a supernatural solution. Take control of two playable heroes as they embark on a comedic alternate history adventure with a truly original story. 99.99999% guaranteed. Uh, and so, yeah, you're switching between two characters. What a you have summary. <laughs> you have an assistant uh, who can um, manipulate objects, pick things up. Use them on other things, you know, do your typical four button thing. You can look at the thing, you can interact with the thing, um, you can open up your menu, um, and then you can use this on that. You know, if you're used to those types of point and clicks, that's, that's what you got here. Uh, the other character is, uh, a professor, uh, Professor Alexei Frankovitz, and he's in a wheelchair. Uh, he can't really use his arms, so his role uh, is to, number one, follow you around. Uh, and then when you switch to him, he can go into um, a trance. 
and uh, he can then commune with the dead and he can see hot spots. So if you hold down the Y button when you're him, you'll see like little sparklies on the screen on interactable locations. Well, that's good if you're trying to find something that's uh, hidden in the weeds, for instance, or is very small. Um, it, it helps you to find those interactive hot spots without having to walk over them. Um, it's also used for problem solving because you can talk and get hints uh, and you know important conversations from you know the deceased. Um, it uh, the achievements for this are pretty uh, pretty much all progression based. There's a couple that uh, I think are also story based. Um, I don't think that they are you know missable. Uh, I should check to see if they are labeled as missable. They are. They're nine missables. So eh, don't miss them. Uh, I haven't gotten <laughs> to them yet. <laughs> Everything I've done so far has been um, story based. And the, the first two missions or the first two levels go by very quickly. I was, I was like, oh, this game's going to be over in half an hour. Um, it's supposed to take about three to four hours. I think that's with a walkthrough because uh, people are, you know, that's, that's the way they play. Um, I've currently spent three hours just playing the game uh, and enjoying it uh, without a walkthrough, and I uh, just finished the third level out of, nice. uh, looks like, nine, nine or ten, depending. Um, yeah, and if you are, like I said, if you're into those things, you know, those uh, mystery, not mystery, uh, Maniac Mansion um, or Thimbleweed Park, this is guaranteed. Just pick it up. <laughs> you like those games? Just pick this one up when it's on sale. You're going to love it. Uh, it's got an overworld map. So, um, you know, there are these screens that are connected. So you'll go from like this room to that room to that room. Uh, then there's also in the, the third level, there's an overworld map where you can choose which location you go to. And then some of those rooms connect to other rooms. Um, so it's got a pretty big scope of, of where you're going to be going. Um, it doesn't seem very difficult, but I did have a little bit I got kind of a little bit lost in the third level in terms of what do I do next? Uh, it wasn't until I was like, I can't do anything that I explored a little bit farther. Uh, and I discovered, Oh, well, there's this whole section over here. I haven't been to yet. Um, which is typical with these, if you're not using a walkthrough and I recommend that you don't use a walkthrough because it's that whole thing. Once you break the seal, uh, you're just going to keep looking to the next page. You're going to want that next uh, answer right away rather than working for it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great game. Uh, L, I think you would like it. Uh, if, if you're into getting every conversation, and I know you are, <laughs> you, you don't want to go from top to bottom. You want to read them. And if there's one that's clearly the thing you need to do, right. save that one for last uh, so that you get all the oh, options. Just like, stuff. yeah, yeah. So like if, if you accidentally get to the one you really need to do and it's in the middle, um, <laughs> you won't get those other options. And I did that once. I was just like, oh, I'll just go down the thing. and yeah. It'll let me and then I'll do the thing. And no, uh, I actually shortchanged myself. I wasn't able to see. I'll tell you exactly what it was. You're going through the professor's desk very early in the game, uh -huh. looking at all the items that he had on his desk. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like some of these, I think, you know, comedy gold. Uh, but it was like the third one was the correct one. <laughs> and I didn't get to see the other ones. I was just like, man. Eh. But um, I don't think there's a need for a second playthrough unless, of course, you miss those missables. There's a lot of save slot positions. So I would just recommend saving at the start of each chapter. Save yourself some backtracking time uh, if you want to get those things done. But yeah, great little game. I, like I said, uh, when it goes on sale, I'll pick it up. If you're into those point-and-click types, this is a quality title. They've got a new game coming out. Um, when is that? Uh, maybe maybe this year. Looks kind of similar um, in terms of you know art style and game type. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested uh, in this developer. This is uh, in 
disruption. In disruption. So nine witches, family disruption. Well, it sounds like it looks like the next game's coming out soonish. It says Q1 of 2023. Yeah, and which is great because they're they're taking years between these things. So these aren't like your typical short, uh, quick games. These these are they're actually putting time and effort into these, and I think it shows. Yeah, I was surprised to see like shooting going on. I'm looking at video clips and that that was uh, yeah that was in the second level. I didn't quite understand it. I died the first time. I was like, well, this is dumb. Like, I shoot, he shoots, I shoot, he shoots. Well, you can move. Uh, oh. I didn't realize that right away. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can move around and I can shoot. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, and then, then it got a little bit better, and I was like, okay, this makes more sense. <laughs> there's, and the funny thing is, there's a difficulty level. You can you can raise or lower the difficulty level, and it probably has to do with that scene. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's other scenes that it, that it affects, but I'm, you know, I always start on whatever the default is. Um, but yeah, I was like, once I figured that out, I said, oh, well, this is much easier. <laughs> Just All right. Nine witches. Well, I'm happy for you that you had fun with that. What a great answer. Thank you. That is not a Kenny game. <laughs> All right. Well, if that, uh, L, what game do you want to talk about? Oh. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know so yesterday was the last day of february and um you know we have the bcm better completions matter and the random game i had for february was conan exiles uh kush is going to feel my pain really soon so the main game or the base game came out a couple of years back and it was on game pass or as a free play weekend or something and using console commands it's a pretty easy 1000 gamer score so you have to type in basically to but you didn't do no, that right you played for fun i played for fun and legit <clears throat> so basically Good. you do things like type in for an enemy to appear and then you kill the enemy and you get the achievement stuff like that Stuff that I wouldn't even know how to go about getting legit. But anyway, base game was about an hour. The DLC came out a few years after the game came out. It was very, very weird. And it was like 20 or $30. So a lot of people balked at this. And I believe when it first came out, the game was off of Game Pass. But it has soon, uh, since been back in Game Pass. And the time estimate on TA is two to three hours. So I'm like, what, why, what, what, what could possibly be, you know? So I did all the achievements. I was doing the console commands. I was, I was like, all right, I got one left. And I was following with, with this video also. And this guy is like, well, this is a real pain. You have to go and find every single area on the map. And you can fly around. You can set yourself to fly. And if you find a good route, you can do it in an hour. But if you teleport around, it might take you somewhere close to two hours. I was like, two hours for one achievement? Do I really want to spend two hours doing this? And at this point, it was around nine o'clock at night. So I'm like, I have three hours before midnight to get this achievement <laughs> done. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for it. 
And then I looked at the achievement. I saw that Vulgar Latin and Ahizo had the achievement done at the same exact uh, timestamp. So I was like, hmm, maybe they know something I don't. What they actually did is they uh, they both got the DLC and they played it uh, together. So that way, if one person found a spot, they can call over the other person uh, to stand there also and get credit. Because the problem is you have a map of, of where to go, but once you warp there, you, you have to find for the exact spot that triggers that you have found that location. So this was this was something. <laughs> we'll put it nicely. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. Um so the DLC is called the Isle of Sipta. I think it's twenty dollars. There's a lot of different pricing options, so I'm getting a little confused. But, uh, you know, most of it was very easy. You summon an enemy, you kill the enemy. But this one was like, all right. So I started doing it. And there's, you know, there's a guide on TA. There's a video guide. I said, all right, it's going to suck, but I'll get it done eventually. And... Luckily, I had, uh, you know, Vulgar, Aizo, Retro Chief, and uh, Michelle in party. So, you know, we had good conversation at least. But this was, this this sucked. This took me a few hours. And I said to the guys, I said, you know what's going to happen to me? It's going to be 12.01 and this achievement's going to pop for me. It's not going to count for BCM. <laughs> so 12.01 came and I was like, wait a minute, you know, I think I'm actually up to the last one. And it didn't pop. So then I started sending the map around to Michelle and Aizo and said, there are any spots that I missed? Because I can't figure this out. And I finally read in the comments for the solution, there's actually 100 comments for this stupid achievement. One of the map parts was blacked out, so you couldn't see it. So the icon was black instead of white. So it was right there. It was a hand. And once I went there, the achievement popped. It was around 1230. And I had spent three and a half hours for this one achievement. Uh, the good news is Oof. it's done. And the gooder news is well, that this game is 150 gigs <laughs> that I got to. Wait, what? Yes. Um, the one nice thing I can say, actually, is that it runs really beautifully on the Series X. I made sure to install it to As the internal. And the loading time from traveling from one place to the next was not bad at all. It was just finding the exact spot to trigger the location that sucked. So all in all, I can't quite say I recommend doing this, but honestly, I am maybe in the minority, but I don't mind collectibles. I like going for them. There's a treasure hunt, Easter egg, quality that i enjoy i always like them in crackdown and stuff it depends like that. on how they are yeah yeah nothing stupid like an alan wake the hundred thermoses that are there for no reason 
but like ones that are, I don't know. I mean, this really served no purpose either, except just to get the map filled. But as you see the map filled, you're like, all right, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. There is this. L.A. Noir was another game that had a Uh-oh. bunch of stupid collectibles for no reason. Get the film reels. Do you think the thermoses are for coffee or soup? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely coffee. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, he's a writer. It's got to be coffee. Kush, how was your experience with this? Mm-hmm. With, uh, ah, sorry, I ruined the joke. Um, uh, that game the was soup. horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember um, you and Volger saying, like, that this was a pain in the ass. And I'm like, why? <clears throat> it's just console commands. Like, I know it's annoying typing and stuff, but I had no, no idea. You, I should have probably listened to, have to the paint up. No, you what? need to have paint up. So I had paint, yeah. Microsoft Paint up. I had a, I had a picture of the <laughs> the whole map uh-huh. with like the little dots or whatever. And as I went around each one, I drew a little X on the, on yeah. the paint. Uh, <laughs> and I had some I had some TV show going on while I was doing it because yeah, it took hours to just go around and find the exact pixel you needed to to right. cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were in the water, and then oh. yeah, one was in the water. That one, like I thought it glitched on yep. me because mm-hmm. I ran over it. And I saw the thing, mm. and my tracker didn't go up, and I didn't get credit for it. And then oh. when I went back to it, it it wouldn't oh. <laughs> it wouldn't retrigger. And I was like, I'm gonna do this whole thing over again. I didn't have to. Luckily, I forget exactly what happened, but it, it did register later. I think I I don't know. I just kept trying, and it eventually happened. But uh, yeah, that was a pain. Um, I don't really remember it because I blocked it. Uh, but I, <laughs> I watched some TV while I was doing it. Well, then there's that one place on the map that's the wrong color, right? When you're using the yes, the yeah, you know, the one in the solution. So the whole thing just sounds like a mess. Yep. It was a mess, but it's done. It just goes to show what we do for achievements. You know, it's either this or the complete opposite of getting easy stuff done, or just watch a game for 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. New- Thing we have to look forward to <laughs> oh boy oh maybe we'll talk about this next week we'll, we'll brief kenny on what's going on with this uh obs game and see if it's still even in the store by next week Ugh. <laughs> i know about that oh, you do okay <laughs> it's not a game and shouldn't be a thing there you go not a game and shouldn't be a thing. Not quite title material, but, but almost. <laughs> Only if we actually have to talk about the game, then that will be a title okay, for the episode. Good. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about that, that game, but we will talk about a couple of games that we do recommend everyone should go buy. Nate, what are some games? Because I see what here you got a list. I, yeah. Let me tell you. I'm spending all your monies this week. Nate wants to go on a shopping spree. Okay, so first off, let's start off with the heavy hitters. There's Far Cry 5 Gold Edition plus Far Cry New Dawn Deluxe Edition bundle. I need to take a breath in there. It's $20 down from $130. I know this has happened wow. before because I own this, and there's no way I would have paid $130 for this. <laughs> uh, it, it, this includes uh, Far Cry 5 and all of the DLC, uh, Far Cry uh, New Dawn, uh, and Far Cry 3. Three classic edition, which is the X1 version of Far Cry 3. That's 3,695 gamer score 
uh, for 20 bucks. Uh, and these games are interesting. They're fun. I like them. You know, I love climbing towers and seeing all the things I need to do and then slowly, painfully taking them off the map. Um, and that's Far Cry. And it's Speaking fun. Speaking of annoying know. collectibles. Yeah, if you like that, <laughs> there's a lot of it. Uh, next up, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Season Pass for the 360. Now, I don't follow this too closely, but people in the Discord were, were saying how rarely this happens for the 360 DLC. It's $15 down from $50. There is one um, uh, achievement you can't get. So uh, you know, it's been... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah it, it's no longer available. Um, so, you know, if, if you want everything but that achievement... That's a pretty good price, and it rarely happens. Then there's a fantastic titled game, uh, Inspector Waffles. Uh, it's three dollars and eighty nine cents down it. from thirteen. It's not like a cooking mama. It's, it's an adventure point and click. Um, I'm out, <laughs> and it's one to two hours, <laughs> and I have to read the description <laughs> because murder nothing nice about it in this old school detective adventure uh step into the boots of whip smart inspector waffles and travel the city to track hidden clues interrogate shady suspects and unravel a dangerous mystery but be warned curiosity killed the cat uh i don't know if you can pet the dog description (laughs) but i you know yeah for four bucks I, I think I'm getting Inspector Waffles for sure. Uh, next up, Journey to the Savage Planet, $12 down from 30 This is a first-person shooter platformer Metroidvania. We talked about this a bunch in the past. Um, and right now, and it might be limited, I'm not sure, yeah. this is one of those deals where if you buy the original game uh, minus the DLC, you'll get the stack for free. There's a brand-new version that just dropped last week, I think. Hmm. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, Employee of the Month Edition. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a stack you get a thousand gamer score. All the DLC is rolled into that and the values are changed. Um, but you'll get that game for free if you buy the original version now. Like I said, that could go away. If you don't own both, this is a fantastic deal. It's a great game and you get to do it twice. Uh, next up, Roki, $6 down from 20. This is an adventure game. It's got a 4.33 score on TA from 15 votes. Uh, it has 291 starts, 30 completions. I talked about it before. On level 173, um, you know, labeled or titled Take a Short Hike Off a Long Pier. Uh, I enjoy this that game. title. Yeah, there are missables, uh, or rather, yeah, well, definitely, they're missables. Um, so if you only want to play the game once, you're probably going to want to check a walk, walk through and maybe check your progress. I don't know. Um, but if you just play the game, it's worth it, uh, I think. $6 down from 20 And finally, uh, Under Dungeon, $5.60, down from 14 this is an action-adventure game. It came out in January 2023, so it's none of those other dungeon games that you might be getting confused <laughs> with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, Under Dungeon, that, that name just is too similar to other things that, that came out. Devious. Um, this is brand new. Uh, if I just sold it to you, I would say, imagine Gato Roboto, but Zelda. Um, so this is a black <laughs> and white game, and it, it basically plays a lot like Zelda. It's got, uh, looks like decent humor. It doesn't look like it's one of those short half-hour games it uh, looks like it's going to take a couple hours. Uh, and like I said, it looks quality to me. Uh, I'm very interested in picking this up. Uh, 560 down from 14. That's under dungeon. All right. Uh, Michelle, what would you like to recommend? I mean, I apparently would like to recommend Castlevania oh. Advance Collection. <laughs> um, I, I guess. But yeah, uh, totally. I, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the uh, it's ten dollars normally, uh, twenty. It's a collection of three games from the Castlevania uh, 
Game Boy Advance games. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Harmony of uh, the and that. See, now I'm all flustered because I I didn't put this on the list. Circle of the Moon, Aria oh, of Sorrow, and oh. <laughs> um, Harmony of Dissonance, um, which is not to be confused with uh, Harmony of Despair, which was the Xbox Live multiplayer title. So these all three of them are Metroidvanias in sort of the classic style. They all have little hooks that make them different from one another solid games all three it looks like uh most of the game most of the achievements are just straight gameplay there there is one missable achievement so in in aria of sorrow you have to collect souls from different enemies that you beat so just be mindful of that that you make sure to do that if that's a concern of yours but great series of three games ten dollars for all three uh, the achievements are not split up uh, in terms of like 3,000. It's 1,000 for the whole list. But hey, it's games we played as kids with achievements. So you can't go wrong with that. All right. Speaking of games that we played as kids for achievements. Uh, much like Assassin's Creed, I guess uh, never pay full price for a Resident Evil game. They are all on sale. <laughs> I guess Capcom did a thing. Like Each of the individual games range from 5 to $10. Uh, including the game discussed earlier, uh, Resident Evil 7 is $8. That one still seems new to me, but I guess it's probably several years old at this point. And then if you don't want the individuals, there's several, several bundles that <laughs> you'd have to do some there's real math lot. to figure out <laughs> which is the best deal. But uh, suffice it to say, there's a lot of them. Resident Evil. That first game had a good intro too, which was uh, pretty heavily censored in the American version, I gotta say. Do some research, people. Biohazard. All right. Well, it's a new month, so that means we get some more games of gold, and y'all, they're stepping it up. Games of gold (laughs) is delivering. Instead of two poop games, we're getting three. Get ready. Hold on to your butts. What gaming value would that be? It's at least $7. So, don't know what I expected. Available from March 1st to the 31st, we have Truberbrook, which is an adventure point and click. My God, I cannot wait to play this. It is three to four hours. Yeah. And Corey showcases this in level 147, titled It's a Very Matriarch Episode. I have no idea where we get these titles. That one was a me. Um, that doesn't sound like a me. Yeah, that's a me. Okay. That's a me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Kenny. This is the Come on, Kenny, wildest play it. thing about this. It, no. Come on. Is that it's a $30 game. Yeah. I want to hear... The Adventures of Trooper Kenny and Trooper Brooke playing this game together. Come on, make it up. Uh, it's not going to happen. I want to hear you splicing Rocker saying Trooper Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Trooper Brooke. <laughs> um, uh, some notes on Trooper Brooke, real quick. It's a fine game. Go for it. Unfortunately, it's one of those uh, that you yep. will want to use a walkthrough because there's so many missables. It's really unfortunate. And I'm pretty sure you're just making this game sound better. I'm and pretty better. sure there's no safe slots either. Just all I don't remember there being safe slots. So 
Yeah, unfortunately, you got to find a lot of audio logs in those type of collectibles. It's a fine game. Definitely a good uh, Games with Gold title. It looks pretty. I like I like the look of it. It's Swedish. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's fully voice acted. That counts for something. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely better. Another game that is available from the 1st to the 31st is Sudden Strike 4, the complete edition. A $40 game. This is a real-time strategy game. Uh, 1,230 gamer score as the DLC is included in this edition. But beware, there are zero completions as of right now. Probably because no one has ever heard of and or played this game. <laughs> That's a, that may or may not be a lie. I actually haven't clicked on this game. I don't know how many started. I'm just assuming it's games of gold now. I mean, come on. You know no one's. There's probably been three people that played it. And then available from March 16th to April 15th, we have uh, Lamerton. Lamertum? I don't know. Nailed it. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> I don't I got know, nothing. It's a, it's a weird name. It's late. It's good enough. It's close enough. Let's be honest. You're going to download it and you're not going to play it. Who cares? It's a survival horror game. Looks like it's about five hours long. And then also available from last month until the 15th of March is Guts and Goals. So yeah, I think um, apparently it's a eighty-five dollars ninety-seven cents in value and three three thousand two hundred thirty in gamer score. There it is. There's the value. <laughs> I figured. Um, I, I figured. There's I the value. <laughs> Thank you. Is this the Sudden <laughs> Strike Four European Battlefield Edition? No, this is the Sudden oh. Strike Four Complete Collection. Oh. It's got all the DLC. Yeah, I mean, it's a forty-dollar game. I think this game has been completed. Yeah, so I mean, that's cool. It's got 24 completions. It just says 0% because I guess they round down. Uh, I thought I had zero completions, but... I don't know, 24 is zero. I've been known to make a mistake before. No. Can you edit this out? Like like starting a Halo game. Oh, damn it. (laughs) There was this brief period where you were playing Halo Infinite every day, sir. It was like two weeks, the best two weeks of your life. It was. (laughs) Replaced by Fall All right, dice. so you made me look it up. It's real-time strategy. That's your that's your jam, Ken. Yeah, I like real-time strategies. I'm not mad about it. And, now, and I will say it has 81 votes, and it's got a four-star on TA. So you need to, this seems like a good game. You need to find out if it's co-op and if you can carry me through it. That's really, that's really the important um, thing. I doubt it. Why don't you find that out? Um, pass. <laughs> <laughs> well then I can't figure it out then it's late <laughs> if you figure it out we'll talk <laughs> I'd rather play Halo me too okay. and then also Game Pass we have a couple of games that are available now we talked about before Merge Merge and Blade we also have Soul Hackers 2 and F122 all those are available to play now. And coming March 3rd is Wo Long Fallen De- Dynasty. More likely than not, there will be more Game Pass news because, God forbid, we go without getting game podcasted. <sighs> At least we got games of cold. All right. 
Well, with that, uh, let's get into uh, Bride Camp. Take it away, Michelle. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Are we not talking about Gamer Tag Challenge with the month rolling over? No. Did I miss something? I mean, we could. We could. Do you have... Just because it's the first one of the month. Yeah. The first pod of the month. Exactly. We're in one of those weird... Yeah. Yeah, I know. Usually that's a live show, but we're already going to be a week into the month with the live show and... Yeah, yeah, that's mind that weird. So All we'll right, go ahead. Let me do it. We'll announce it. We'll we'll say it. You know, it's already in the Discord, uh, so no harm, no foul. Uh, All right. This month's gamer tag is MDP seventy three with the wild card game Angels of Death, which no one has ever heard of. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the achievement uh, for or previous completion in Angels of Death. And, uh, you know, MDP is the only person that's played this game. Uh, so They're in order to make this wild card, in, there. in order to make it an actual wild card that people could earn, we're also going to say uh, if you get any achievement with Angel or Death in the title of the achievement, that'll be your wild card. Uh, although, you know, this is a very short gamer tag. I don't think you're going to have a problem, but whatever. Uh, and the bonus is I see Rocket League people. Um, get a bonus draw for every achievement unlocked that has the letters RL in sequence in the achievement title. Uh, nice. you know, MVP always answers Rocket League, so everything is Rocket League to him. Uh, so there you go. That's that's the theme. He missed his opportunity. I cannot believe his game wasn't Rocket League. He missed his opportunity. That has one of the best game intros of all time. He just missed it. What game? Rocket League. just amazing uh, the music's sure. amazing <laughs> what all right we can move on to brad oh, camp now <laughs> i turned the music off <laughs> no for <Michelle. laughs> so in completions we have henke xd at 300 completed games alex rd has reached 350 completed games bastion reader has reached 600 completed games red 047 at 1100 completed games and magic monkey once again showing up in our brag camp section with 1750 completed games good job guys in streaks we know why matrix wants to move it along you'll find out in a second chesno is currently on a 50 day achievement <laughs> win streak ace with 100 days lucas 1987 with 400 days surf biscuit with 1250 unky tim fu with 2300 pro with 2,550, and Matrarch, who suspiciously Ooh. wanted to push this segment along, with 3,450 <laughs> days. Good job, you. Uh, Matt I, Pat I, currently with 3,650, and that also happens to be his 10-year achievement win streak. Good job. Math. <laughs> um, but the, the thing with his is that they've all been different games started. I believe he just He's hit one of those never... Endless bean, ending bean guy endless bean guys, guy. right? Yeah. I could be wrong. That's crazy. I think that was... I yeah. think that's right. He said he still has several. How is that even possible? I think he said he still has several. Years. And someone asked him how much he spent. I mean, He's like, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... I, I cannot even fathom doing that for 10 years. Yeah. Like, it's dedication. It's a different breed. Good job. That yeah, like that. That's not me insulting you, man. That is beyond incredible. <laughs> that, is, that is just insane. Uh, in gamer score, Kabu seventy three has hit six hundred thousand. Scar Scarface has hit six hundred fifty thousand, along with X Neo twenty one X. 
XL, The Rock LX has hit 750,000. And Hate Me 4141 has hit 950,000 gamer score. All right. In leaderboards, Aizo is in the top 10 of gamer score leaderboard for card and board. Bastion Reader is nice. second in USAT leaderboard for shoot 'em ups. Bye, bye, bye. 571 is in the top 200 of USAT leaderboard for music. Chesno is in the top 1,000 of TA Difference leaderboard for fighting. High Road version 2 is in the top 10 of the USAT leaderboard for American football. Ice Fire TN, otherwise known as Tim, is now in the top 50 <laughs> of the Gamer Score leaderboard for Metroidvanias. Oh, son of a gun. Got to catch you. Magical Mars is now number one. Oh, sorry. Numero uno in the Mexico. True team leaderboard <laughs> for Connect. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. 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 Connect Deport. Deport de de Connect. Very good game. <laughs> like my high school Spanish guy at work. And <laughs> 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 uh, All RPG Davy, another Spanish name, is in the top 50 <laughs> of the game script that were for Roguelite. That's not, is that what RPG stands for? Wait, 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 wait. And Sir you said Pauline. top 50. Oh oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll make sure the shout Did out it? is correct. You said top 50. Don't think that's what the number there Edit says. This out, Kenny. Someone got bribed. Uh, 50 plus. Nah, I don't edit out my mistakes. I'm not editing <laughs> out yours. Uh, I was, he's my bud. RPG Dave is in the top 500 of the game. <laughs> for World Wide. Not bad. And Sir Polly. Once again, it's late. Gone <laughs> is now somewhere on the leaderboard. All right, we'll put him in the top, I don't know, top five <laughs> of the Georgia leaderboard for Tower Defense. Very, very nice. Very nice. Oof. I know we don't talk about completion percentage anymore in brag camp but i i hit 78 percent this week and i'm so proud of that nice. because it's like almost 400 achievements per percentage which is nothing compared to a lot of the folks here but that that slow climb to 80 i'm really really trying to get there someday someday 78 percent is still a wild uh mark that's that's a crazy good completion. Well, we we have such an amazing community in that there are really people of all sorts of achievement hunting backgrounds in there. So we have lots of folks that are, you know, 30, 40, 50% because it's quality, or it's, I'm sorry, it's quantity, and it's just a lot of games and a lot of bean diving and that sort of stuff. But we also have folks who are completionists and have a lot of games on their tag and ridiculous ratios and have 99.7%. So it's cool because we can all operate within what goals make sense for us. Um, so I'm I'm happy with it. And thank you for saying that, Kenny. But I, it's like, obviously, it's all relative to everyone's own goals, for sure. On completion percentage, is that the percentage of how many achievements that you're able to unlock or... To of total achievements that are on your tag. It's total achievements on like your if tag. Like you started like Madden 07. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's calculated based on your DLC settings as well. So. Right. So I include all DLCs. Well, I assume so everyone it's... has the right settings. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Don't TA alienate the listeners. Or can, um, I don't think TA knows. 
in the percentage, you know, you know, if there's some discontinued or whatever, but isn't there a, a max completion percent possible? There is. I think that there, there is oh, a leaderboard right. for yeah, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, they have a leaderboard for that, but I don't believe that is a stat they track per Still. person. That should be. I do remember that leaderboard now that you say that. Oh, and speaking of things that TA does and does not do, uh, I forgot to mention <laughs> for the Gamertag Challenge for MDP73, uh, since you're searching for things that have two letters and TA's minimum is three, you may want to create an account over at Gamertag Nation. <laughs> Their oh. search allows you to search on two characters or one character. So just in case you want some search foo, uh, go ahead over there and that will help you. And you can filter down to just achievements. So for, for you know, when you can't get what you need out of TA, there are options. Very nice. Good tip. All right. Well, that will do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, as always, be sure to follow us on all the socials. All the links for all that is in a Google Doc that is linked in the show notes. Most importantly, join the Discord, discord.io slash AH101. And even more importantly, patreon.com slash achievementhunting101. If you're able to support us, we greatly appreciate your support and we thank anyone that can. And next week, we will be doing the patron giveaway as next week is the live show. So, Tuesday around 9 Eastern is when we will go live, have the live show, some ducky races and whatnot. So head on over to Twitch and and follow us there so you'll get a notification for when we go live. But with that, thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday, y'all. Hello and welcome back, finally, after a long absence to Masterators, a segment in which we discuss uh, how and why we rate the games that we do. Uh, We have done quite a few of these now, and we are now approaching something vaguely positive, maybe, as we look at our three-star games. So... Uh, whereas before we'd been looking obviously from 0.5, 1, 1.5 and, and kind of really scraping the bottom of the gaming barrel up to 2 and 2.5 where we were starting to feel a little bit more positive. Uh, maybe 3, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we could start talking about some goodish things. <laughs> I'm Chewy on Ice and with me as always are uh, Volgladen, Devon. We got a scheduling curse. <laughs> yeah, it's taken a while. <laughs> and uh, Matrock Michelle. We may be talking about three-star games this time. I guess giving us a time frame is not fair, but that was a five-star introduction, Chewy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you're very kind. Too kind. It's just me rambling, um, mostly. Uh, so, yes, as I mentioned, uh, three stars. So three stars to me, as I say, is kind of approaching good Maybe goodish is a better word. Okay uh, is probably the word I would assign to these. I think I mentioned before when I was thinking about 2.5, I made a funny noise and it was kind of like, eh. <laughs> but maybe a three is a, ah, there's a, there's a bit of positivity here. 
and it's it's games that really squarely sit in the middle. And when I was looking at my collection to pick, you know, which games to talk about, I had a lot. I had a lot of two point fives, but I have a lot of threes. Uh, it seems to be a kind of go to three, and I'd say three point five, and my just go to for just that. My I came away from that and thought that was okay, uh, which I guess makes sense, right? It's kind of upper middle <laughs> whelmed uh, yes i am was fully whelmed how about you guys kind of what, what do you kind of think about when you rate a three so three for me is generally going to be yeah that's going to be squarely in the middle uh and it's going to be middle like it starts being uh maybe there's a bunch of negatives and they're clearly balanced out by the positives or it's just going to be unremarkable but mostly positive like if you if you do everything really well but in sort of a ho-hum way that would get you a three where it's just safe is another one where it's just safe and yeah it's you made something that doesn't really have any faults but doesn't really have anything that's like you know oh i should tell everyone about this this isn't Mm. bad the world is the tons of threes or like middle of the road. Most movies you watch are going to be like the three, you know, it's not everything yeah. could be hit it out of the park. It's great that these things kind of exist and you can kind of build off of it, but they might be derivative. That's another, like, um, it's not that they're bad. They're just other games do it better. Yes. Yeah. They, they aren't the best in genre. Uh, usually they're, 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 they're the okay in genre. I sometimes find, actually, to your point, Devin, like a three is the rating I'll give a game that I wanted to like more than I did. So it doesn't do anything functionally wrong. It's okay. But there's something in there that I just, I wish it had that little bit more. So I'll throw it a three. But I think more generally, mm. 2.5 and three is more where I've seen like my own evolution as somebody who will throw a star value at a game. Definitely in my early playing, three was kind of my default average score this game was okay it gets a three so i have a ton of threes in more recent memory that's fallen more to 2.5 so there are definitely games as i'm looking through my backlog where i'm like huh this kind of flipped for me a little bit but i agree with what you're saying three threes are games that are average but tending in the right direction they don't reinvent any wheels they typically tend to be, as you've already stated, games that are later in a franchise or things where we've kind of seen that before. So where you would have given it a 3.5 or a 4 before because, hey, it's the first time I've seen this mechanic. Now we're seeing it again. So, eh, you know, it was cool the first time. It's nice to see it again. It's not done wrong, but it doesn't excite me anymore. So, yeah, mm. average tending good, I think, is, is probably the easiest summation of all that. Awesome. Uh, well, why don't you keep this train a-rolling then, uh, Michelle, and tell us which games you've uh, picked out to kind of represent your threes. Oh, all right. I will certainly do that. So for the first game I picked for A3, I picked Condemned to Bloodshot. And this actually checks some of those boxes we talked about. So this is the second game, uh, obviously, in the Condemned franchise, which is all of two games. Uh, and I loved the first game. Like, loved mm. the first game. And it's, it is... One of those titles where, you know, as we always know, reviewing is subjective, that it may not hold the same way today. It's definitely a game that feels of its time in some ways, but I loved it. And then when I played the second, 
<sighs> it's not functionally wrong. It's not bad. The story is less intriguing because they introduced some things that I wasn't as fond of. But it's okay. Uh, so that landed at a three for me. I think the other element in Condemned 2 versus Condemned 1 is actually the achievement list. Condemned 1 is a game you can play straight through. It's single player. There, There's a bunch of collectibles, but you can handle it all on your own. Condemned 2 had a lot of multiplayer stuff. And multiplayer can have a sort of um, varying impact on review scores. So the, there's one multiplayer achievement in particular in Condemned 2. Uh, that's the, uh, I think it's SKX. It's the one where you have to like... I mean, yeah, you have to kill nine serial killers. So serial killers is the highest rank you get in multiplayer, or I forget exactly how I should have researched it a little bit, but you earn SKX as a rank as you're playing multiplayer. And one of the achievements within Condemned 2 is to then kill nine other people who've always, who've already earned this rank. That's a lot. <laughs> to become a serial killer, you have to have killed... Is it a thousand other people? Okay, that's yeah. So you have right. to have played enough matches to kill a thousand play people in a game where multiplayer was definitely an afterthought. Yes. Tacked on, uh, and and you know most of those kind of games, killing a thousand people is a big ask and a bit of a, well, a, a, quite a big grind. Yeah. And then it says, oh, and now you've done that, you need to find nine other people who have done that thing, and also kill them. Uh, so it's it's an exercise in I mean it's where I think TA boosting sessions really kind of shone especially in the early mm -hmm. earlier days right yeah. that was kind of like perfect for that because it was you had to get together as serial killers to find each other because you wouldn't do it naturally right 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 like, almost impossible to do it naturally I think well, yeah a lot of these were as the style of the time yeah and I, I don't recall but I don't think that the the game indicated to you easily in any way it wasn't like your tag was gold or something so people could easily say oh hey there's someone with this rank in the game let's you know you could target them or whatever so yeah it was it was a pain now i seem to like i remember having a pretty fun time with the boost because i was boosting with a good group of people but this stuff can be miserable and especially this far on it's People don't have the game anymore. They don't have access to their 360s anymore, any number of things. So it gets to be more and more difficult to acquire these. And of course, we know server shutdowns are happening, not for this game, but we know that the 360 uh, life cycle is sort of winding down. So there may be some concern about that. Uh, so yeah, this mm. achievement list does not help the game excel either because you have, and it's this isn't the only multiplayer achievement. There's a good number of multiplayer achievements and there's at least one achievement I think there are multiple that require four players, too. So all that said, if anyone needs the SKX achievement, I'm more than happy to help. I will boot up the game and, mm. you know, jump in there and, and you can go ahead and, and kill my guy. But, uh, yeah, it's it was an okay game. Many of the mechanics were okay and still the same. But it just it it didn't have the excitement of the first one because it wasn't the first one. And it made some decisions that. I, you know, like all this extra multiplayer, like you said, Chewie, that felt tacked on. So it really brought it down to, you know, average game, but it, it functions fine. It, it does have some intriguing stuff, but not enough to be more than just slightly above average. Hmm. So I, um, I did this one the wrong way around. I played Condemned 2 first. Oh, no. Uh, not sure why. Oh. 
So I did it in 2009, so actually quite close to it being released mm-hmm. in 2008. Uh, and I think I really quite enjoyed it, but I didn't have any expectations going in. So I was like, wow, this is cool. It's a, it's a horror detective beat-em-up, first-person beat-em-up game with this, like, brutal melee kills with, with like, whatever you can get your hands mm-hmm. on. And then I like the horror stuff, and it's got the guy from heroes in it the kind of actor so it kind of had caliber and i i think i just kind of ignored the multiplayer aspect especially at the time i was never really in on ta or into boosting mm-hmm. or anything so i i rated it as a four because uh, i thought i came away thinking yeah that was good and then i came to the first one years later i mean i'm talking like quite recently <laughs> like in the last five years i think um and found it okay and kind of yeah okay i get this but quite dated mm-hmm. and i <laughs> so totally see that in some ways i enjoyed my time with the sequel more than the original but that's just because of when i played it and the order i played it and all of that stuff so it's, it's really interesting kind of how that can inform your judgment i think well and, and what you said about the story in the game and sort of that cool stuff like that's actually part of what i I didn't like the second game leans so much more heavily into this sort of supernatural stuff that's happening. Mm. And of course we know that there didn't, nothing came of it, right? We didn't get a condemned three, like there are loose ends that weren't tied off. Um, I didn't like that. It really leaned into that supernatural stuff. That just wasn't the way the game was initially framed. And I, that wasn't the franchise I started out with. And I can see, especially if you're Mm. going the other way, when it had sort of those, interesting elements and the first game has some kind of hints that something may be going on but it's nothing quite as overt it 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 can seem underwhelming so i totally get coming at it from the other angle why you would feel the reverse way it totally makes sense that that would happen hey i played this and didn't like it i can't really remember why i think i only beat like a level or two and it just did not speak to me that's understandable too i i think i had started it um maybe as like a bean dive or something just after bean diving and then it took me like another year to get back into it after that and then a couple more years to come back to some stuff if you sit through something and you feel so inclined to play it you sort of you you bang it out because you're so intrigued in it it's obviously going to tend higher for you if it's something you're playing piecemeal the experience is getting broken up so that's going to contribute to this sort of thing too and that that was my experience with it awesome what else have you got for us, Michelle? All right. So moving on to a game that was developed somewhat more recently. The second 3.0 I'm highlighting is Morcred. So Morcred is, uh, I guess it's tagged now on TA as an adventure game. And maybe it was before, but I don't recall, to be honest with you. And it was in Game Pass for uh, you know a year or whatever the normal amount of time was. And this was one of those games that a lot of people rushed to play because it was right during g-task season and it was worth something like 5,000 ta but it's only a six to eight hour game and it's um it it not too long it's not too difficult it's just got that game pass bump because it's easy ish to get on your tag uh i liked Morcred. so Morcred uses you're playing sort of in the brothers style where you have two characters that you're controlling and one you're controlling with the right stick and one you're controlling with the left stick and between these two characters is a sphere of light. And obviously, as you are solid characters around this light sphere, you cast shadows. And the idea is you can't cross over into each other's shadows. That'll end your gameplay. 
So it's an interesting concept. It's, I, I liked what they were going for, but where this game wound up in three territory and not higher for me is the controls sometimes felt kind of janky. And I know we don't typically get into that much, that too much when we're talking about these things, but I think as we're getting into these 2.5s and 3s, it's a little more granular. The fact that it felt like sometimes the controls were really, weren't really responding the way I wanted to really was the biggest detriment for me. I I liked, again, what they were going for in the general concept of the game, but I was getting so frustrated at times. And I don't think it was just like user input error, because I will admit to that. I'm not always the greatest person at games, but this one really kind of stopped me up for a little bit with, with some of the gameplay. Uh, there is a co-op mode, and you can complete the game with somebody else, and there's even achievements attached to it. The game is entirely offline, though, so you would have to play with a friend locally. And a lot of people don't play with a friend. They just take two controllers, and instead of one character on the right stick and one on the left stick, one's on the right hand and one's on the left hand. And and you can do that, and it's functional to go through. But it plays okay as a co-op game. And I think that's really what it comes down to in terms of it being a three is it's okay. It's okay with some interesting concepts, but it doesn't execute anything so fantastically well. The aesthetics are nice, but they're not jaw dropping in any way. It's a solidly okay game. And one of who was still on Game Pass, I would totally recommend people play. Um, oh, and another thought on it, though, that kind of, I think, contributed to it being a three and a higher is again the achievement list. There's a, mm. an achievement for not dying, and you can, you know, kind of back out every time you get killed, but that gets sort of tiresome. There's a couple of, there are several stage specific achievements, and those are things that you kind of have to keep retrying and retrying, and it gets sort of frustrated. It's not a bad list, but the having to complete a game without dying is not something I typically like to do because I don't like to feel that sort of stress. So those achievements usually don't really do a whole bunch for me. I, I don't remember I'm trying to look at the list now if there was yeah, I think it was just without Okay, there yes. A there's a speed run, run. too. Yes. I <laughs> Yes. So between those Chewy's two favorite. achievements Yeah, like I, I do feel kind of if these achievements weren't there, it might have even popped up to three point five because I really did like the game. I think Sometimes games that rated a three, some of the risk when they're rating at a three is the idea that they might not be memorable because they're so average. And I, I do remember this game and I did enjoy that stuff. But those couple things kind of eh, mm. not so fond of. So if it had been a better list, just, you know, complete the game, look at some interesting things, have fun with it. Don't worry about doing it without dying. Don't worry about doing it in a speed run. Do you think it would have rated higher? Not significantly. Like I said, like a 3.5, because it still had issues mm. where, like I said, the controls didn't feel super responsive. And some of that's just the difficulty of the controlling two characters on one controller thing. It's fine if you keep, for me, it's fine if you keep aligning the characters. So the one on the left sticks on the left side and the one on the right sticks on the mm. right side. But just because the design of the game, sometimes that's going to flip flop. And it's like my brain just can't organize mm -hmm. itself to make that work. And it doesn't become rewarding to figure it out. Become It feels more mm. punishing. So, I, right. yeah, it would bump it a little bit, but nothing significant. Uh, I know it's quite divisive. Some people hate it, but I absolutely love Brothers. And yeah, Oh, I did slabs. too. And I love the control scheme of Brothers. I think it works for that game and the story it's telling and how it's constructed. 
Uh, but again, I know a lot of people hate it. So this kind of was interesting to me from that perspective. So mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear that it kind of does that, but maybe not so well. So again, that comes down to like, yeah, it, it kind of does it. It's interesting, but there are better versions of that out there. Well, and I don't, I, I enjoyed Brothers too. And this just might be me misremembering because I played Brothers longer ago. But I feel like there there was one section earlyish on in Brothers where I think you have to like climb on hay bales to avoid like dogs or something to that effect. But for most of the game, it's not too twitchy. You know, you might have to like put something in the right space, mm. but you're not really going to get punished too much. Morkrid mm. punishes you a lot because if you cross into the wrong if you cross into the shade, you lose. So between trying to cross right. into your partner's shade or like different effects in the game that are moving around, you wind up dying a lot, which I don't really think was as much of a thing in Brothers. For a game that involves you dying so much, I'm surprised it's an adventure. Just saying. <laughs> Xbox classifies it as puzzle and trivia. Yeah, in my head it was puzzle, but I can I can see why it's not classified as puzzle. Because you're not really, for the, there are some switches you have to move around, but you're not really solving too much, as I recall. You're really more just advancing mm. this sphere through the story. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, no problem. So, Devin, why don't you go next? Sure. So, uh, the first one I have for us today for the Midnight Society is uh, Fallout 4, a game that I played much more on PC and then started again on... Uh, I had it on Steam, and then I did both. I have both versions on my tag. Uh, Fallout Four is the sequel to specifically Fallout Three. Go figure. Uh, but Bethesda's style of open-world first-person RPGs of the West, and I was very excited for this game um, back when it came out because I I like the setting and the aesthetics of Fallout and the retro future uh, that it presents. But I, there's just a lot of about Fallout 4 that I just don't understand. And uh, that brings the whole thing down. Though mechanically, I have to take a step back and go, mm, even though I'm still disappointed, this is still a well-made game. And there are people that really like it. Like, I'm in the minority here. TA has this as a 4.5. I think this is soulless um, and safe. Safe is the word I'd use to describe it. It strips out all of the different RPG elements and makes it, safe and and just easy to digest and hard to mess up and uh instead of giving you an interesting open world where you can find interesting and fun places it gives us yeah there's places this is a cave it has a monster in it that's it and base building and uh i hate the base building in this game specifically and i don't know why it's so prevalent but the game really wants me to like it and i don't like it and every time it keeps popping up and like, there's a settlement. Do you want to help develop this settlement? And I know, no, I don't. Not even a little bit, not even at all. That's not why I play these games so that I can be the middle management of Barter Town. And that's, that's pretty much it. It's just a lot of like, there, there's a lot that I absolutely just do not like about Fallout 4, but I can't say that like it overall is bad. That's not fair. It's still good. It still works. It's just disappointing. And I don't I don't particularly care for that. I mean the 
you can get, I think all the achievements are fairly straightforward too, depending on the version. Uh, if you do the PC version, you can console command your way to the bank. Uh, but others are just like beat some you know, very specific quests and, uh, you know, very safe, just safe, just, mm-hmm. just safe. So what you really want, I guess, is Fallout New Vegas 2. Is that, <laughs> is that kind of what you're after? Something oh, yeah. Something that's a bit more bit more personality well even fallout 3 had places that had things going on this is more of a uh, overarching bethesda problem for me as someone who started with like morrowind and morrowind has a lot of different rabbit holes that mean nothing that you can get lost in Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. has none of that and it's just a big empty sandbox and no shovels or scoops. You mm-hmm. can sure play in the sand, but it would be certainly be much more interesting if I had a bucket. And that's how I feel about Fallout 4. It just is. Well, it's interesting because it, I don't know it well, but from my understanding, they then went, okay, let's let's double down on that with Fallout 76, right? Let's, yeah. let's take that and make it even more big and more empty and more soulless. Yes. <laughs> and, right. like, that's... I, I want, like fun backstories about this place i want a vault where it's all the same dude named gary and the only thing they say is gary to different tones Mm. it's weird there's no there's some explanation for it and its own little story that makes it feel like it's a connected world part of a bigger thing and fallout Mm -hmm. 4 never has those moments you go into places and it's like this is the boston public library and it's like yep this is the library it's not right. much of a library anymore. Everything's burned. Here's a magazine, kid. So you had played Fallout 3 then, and right, uh, just to make sure I have everything together. Completed. And like, where would that rate for you? That's like a five-star game, a four-star? Where, where do you sit on 3? Fallout 3 is a... F- I think I've rated it either four and a half or five. Okay. Absolutely so- solid game. Would highly recommend. So all all of this downturn comes from this, like what you're explaining, this, this lack of soul idea, like the gameplay and all that stuff is, is pretty similar. Or were there any changes to that as well? So gameplay wise, the biggest thing is base building where you acquire resources so that you can build shanties so that you can uh, command a legion of brain dead followers that can barely hang on for themselves. And you wonder why they even are there. And if, post-apocalypse they can't even do things like harvest food on their own sorry that was on my own little thing Mm. um but like it's still a first person rpg but they made the rpg elements less of a hassle it's very like the skills and everything are much more pared down they're the system that they have i don't particularly like they keep the special system of uh Mm. strength perception endurance charisma intelligence and luck but each one of those determines your perks which normally were much more interesting and you could have a bit more fun builds but in this one you can't like specific perks are locked inexplicably behind certain levels of uh perception or you know you have to be a perception 10 so that you can use this perk and i don't particularly like that that and the perks themselves are much less interesting and much more safe mm-hmm. as opposed to something like I mean, the the absolute five-star would be like New Vegas, which is the platonic ideal that I have for all Western RPGs of this ilk. And it's weird, and it's wacky. And I'll even admit that, like, mechanically and, like, 
presentation wise, Fallout Four is probably is far and away better. And I mean, not counting all of the jank that permeates all of these sorts of games, but like Fallout New Vegas has spirit and heart and like a story that's interesting. I don't think Fallout Four's story is particularly interesting. I have heard a lot about. I mean, I, I've played Fallout Three and, and completed that. And I've heard so much about Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas's story and how great it is and things. I don't think I've ever heard anyone ever talking about Fallout 4's story. It's just... <laughs> ever. It's it's just so there. It's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, it's just... And it's not a bad game. Like, if you play it, you'll probably be like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. You you might even really like it had you not played any of the other ones. This is a me problem. I don't think that the game itself is bad. I'm overall kind of disappointed in it. I But like mechanically and everything, it's good. I just wish it was better. I wish it had that it factor. Hutzpah. <laughs> so to mm-hmm. Chewie's point about Condemned, where he played it in the reverse order and probably got more out of that Condemned 2, uh, at least based on my experience between the two, do you think if somebody hadn't played Fallout and they started at four, that they would feel similarly meh about it? Because it sounds like the gameplay is really good. It's just your expectations from previous games weren't matched in terms of the world building, which is obviously important in a game like Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. Yeah, I think you I think you definitely could. Uh, I, I could certainly see it, especially if you're because they've just been making them more and more easy as well. Yeah, I I think you could definitely like that. I think that depending on what you're there for, if you're there for like the deep lore, you might be disappointed mm-hmm. in your shooty, shooty, bang, bang time. But and even then, the side quests, man, aren't that interesting. I'm just still like most of the side quests are boring and the factions are just kind of boring. Like they're all this. Hmm. Like, it's just, I want to like it. That's the sad thing. I want to explore, mm-hmm. and I want to find unique, fun things about Boston to like. And I'm sure, I've never actually been to Boston, but I'm sure that I would go to Boston and have some donkeys and, and be <laughs> wicked smart, and it'd be fun. But it's not fun. Like, there's nothing in Massachusetts that I find particularly interesting. And that's the that's the problem. And it's a as opposed to, you know, the Las Vegas area or the Washington, D.C. area in New Vegas and 3. Awesome. What else have you brought for us? So, uh, have you guys ever heard of a game called Goldeneye? It's <laughs> uh, uh, based on a movie that, uh, yeah, that uh, some people didn't watch in uh, 1995. A lot of people did, rather. It's, uh, yeah, it's rare. It was, uh, N64 game. I had it when I was a kid. Uh, my grandpa got it for me for my birthday uh, once, um, the year that it came out. So uh, I and I played Goldeneye, and uh, man, it was so great having like a first-person shooter on the on the N64. And then uh, recently, uh, they they put that on uh, Game Pass, and they gave it to me for free because I own ga- <laughs> Rare Replay, and. Uh, it is old. <laughs> it's old. Have they given it any shine? They made it in HD. But what does that mean? <laughs> I, it fits in the aspect ratio. Yeah. That's it. And they gave me the game from the N64. And, uh, you know, some things age like a fine wine. And Goldeneye 
aged like milk. <laughs> so have you played the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have beaten beaten the game. I have almost every multiplayer achievement. You have to beat the game on every difficulty level. Those difficulties do not stack, by the way. So you have to beat mm. every stage three times or more because there's your favorite speed running is what you do for most of the levels. You have to speed run levels on specific difficulties to unlock cheats. Those cheats are your achievement, basically. Unlock those cheats. Mm. Can you then use those cheats to make the other speed runs easier? Or does it... Kind of? Uh, You can use... If you've beaten a level on that difficulty, you can use cheats for that level. Right. You theoretically could to make some stuff easier if you've already beaten that level on that difficulty level. So... You know, if you need to do it slightly faster. I guess the biggest problem with Goldeneye is just, like I said, it. there's a lot of stuff that's just, you know, 25 years of game design has gone by, you know? Mm. You just gotta make that work. So 25 years has gone by and uh, you have things like, you know, hey, we want this mission cutscene to happen, so don't get your gun out and you'll get captured by the bad guys instead of, we're not going to tell you anything and we'll shoot Natalia if you run towards it and you have to remember to take the gun away so that you don't get shot. That's something that happened to me. Right, so it's the kind of quality of life stuff that that has been introduced in more recent years that makes it lacking. And the fact it looks like ours. (laughs) It looks, you know, it looks like a game made in 1997. Mm -hmm. So do you think anyone who was... Um, born after the millennium, let's say, uh, who would pick this up now would go, hey, cool, retro man, Uh, you know, like the kids say, uh, or do you think the vast majority of them go, what the heck is this? I think they'd go, what the heck is this? Yeah, well, and like, because there's old first-person shooters on Game Pass that are like much easier for me to recommend. Like, you can play Quake right now Mm -hmm. you can play doom like the original doom and those are better like out and out better games and some are older and like they just there's a lot of uh, things about goldeneye that are just weird and quirky at its time there is a a graphics style of of an era a kind of i guess n64 playstation one era um where it really it really worked for the time but it has not aged well. And stuff stuff before it, absolutely fine. I could watch Doom and it looks, I think it looks great, you know, for what it mm-hmm. is. And I can mm-hmm. obviously see, play stuff that came out later, but there's like an era where, like uh, the original Silent Hill, I, I, I long for them to release the original Silent Hill, you hmm. know, in the same way as they, as they have Goldeneye. I love that game so much. But when I look at videos, it looks terrible. Absolutely mm-hmm awful <laughs> and i don't know what it is at the, at, at the time it just i just thought it was probably great it looked great but there's just it's just that 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 particular area i don't know if it's like the poly, the polygons and how they, they're put together <laughs> they just do not work anymore i think there's an aesthetic to 2d art but then even like outside of that i'm just like when you're playing the missions you know it's just there's specific things and they don't tell you like 
you you take for granted how often do games handhold you with what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. And like GoldenEye, you can mess up. Like you can totally fail and the game will be like, yeah, you totally failed, but it won't give you a, a, a reset. You have to either die or quit the level and start it over again, which is obnoxious. Mm. Absolutely obnoxious every time, especially when it's uh, like you need to escort Natalia. And if she gets shot even once, she's dead and you'll have to f- you failed the level and you get to persist uh, in this doom world you created. So, so many um, retro game releases have included the ability to save at any point and basically save scum your way to victory on games that you maybe struggled with at the original release. I- I'm assuming that's not the case. With Goldeneye, you can't just save. No, this is like this is the N64 cartridge, but you can download it, and it fits on 16 by 9 televisions. Wow. Is at least the controller better, (laughs) right? Because the N64 controller was terrible. (laughs) Well, okay, so here's the kind of. Um, So there's different control schemes that are all named after different Bond girls, which I appreciated. But uh, some of them, you actually have to switch to ones that are more reminiscent of the old control schemes so that you can do the speed runs in time because they depend on you doing the strafing. Because in the N64 era, you couldn't aim no. as such. You had to hit the right stick. Um, mm. So you have to switch to a completely weird alien control scheme. So out the out the box, it's fine. But if you try to get the achievements, uh, you have to switch it up so that you can circle strafe to victory and it's odd and i and then also there's multiplayer which everyone is going to be screaming at me like what of the multiplayer devin what of the multiplayer it's all local like they didn't even bother to put in online they didn't update it this is the same game that they gave me in 1997 that my grandpa gave me except (laughs) i downloaded it this leaves me at an impasse because I know that it's a culturally significant game. I know that it's an important game for a lot of different reasons, but I have to wonder, like, am I going to rate this on its merits or am I rating it for its legacy or am I rating it for what they gave me? Cause what they gave me right now, if this was the game that was released and didn't have the history, everyone would say was terrible. Hmm. I'm wondering about that because I see on TA that, the review right now, the score is a 4.23. Do you think that that's pretty much entirely blurred affection? Like there's no one who would play this game brand new and be like, this is most the way to perfect. Like that's almost entirely people who played it back when they were younger and just have sort of formative memories of playing this in their college common rooms or whatever. Like that's the only way it could get there. Yes. The thing about rose-tinted glasses is that the red flags just look like flags. <laughs> so your your three rating because it sounds you're, you're coming down pretty hard on it, but so your three is that you're basically torn <laughs> in two directions. You're taking a five-star 1997 game that has aged very kind of badly, and if it was put in front of you without any of that nostalgia or, or you know knowing that it is an important game of the era would probably rate a lot lower and you're just kind of saying okay i'll i'll land in the middle (laughs) yes that's exactly what it is it's just Mm. without any updates without anything else to it i have to grade it on what i was given and what Mm. i was given is just it's not good in 2023 even like i said even compared to other stuff like you play this 
and then you realize that Half-Life was not that much farther away, or that Quake already existed, or that Doom 1 and 2 was already there, and then you just gotta be like, I don't know. I guess Halo even wasn't that far away, the first one. Halo was four years off. Mm -hmm. It is a classic. It is important. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not even going to deny I had fun with it in its time. But I had fun with a lot, of, and I liked a lot of things 25 years ago. I was nine. <laughs> okay. So with that, we're going to move from James Bond to James Bond. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about a game that I rated three, uh, which is a an older and more recent, if that makes sense, James Bond game, which is <clears throat> Quantum of Solace. And Quantum of Solace is a movie tie-in game, much like Do GoldenEye. And it's a movie tie-in game of the worst of the Daniel Craig <laughs> movies. Oh, no. uh, the only one they decided to make a game of, strangely enough. Um, and it is a perfectly okay third-person shooter movie tie-in it, it's a level above i'd say a lot of you know cash in movie tie-ins the the kind of famous um mcu kind of tie-ins uh that have been <laughs> talked about quite recently um it's definitely better than that uh, it suffers from the classic uh, 360 multiplayer grind fest attacked on as well but the actual you know gameplay the storyline is all very solid and the reason it's it's kind of better than just okay is because that they realized that Quantum of Solace is not a great film to make a game of. So they decided that halfway through that game, they would instead then make a game of the previous far superior Bond film, Casino Royale. So literally... I was going to say... Yeah, the first couple like... of chapters, the first couple of chapters are Quantum of Solace. And then... It's a framing device for a flashback for the previous film, Casino Royale. And then you basically also then play through Casino Royale before returning at the very end of the game to like the last mission to be like, oh, yeah, we, uh, we should probably finish off Quantum of Solace, right? <laughs> and go back to that film just to, to, to wrap up that storyline. So it's kind of two games in one in a way, two storylines in one, uh, two Bond films in one. And it's like they almost were like, well, we wish we'd have made a Casino Royale game, so let's just do that <laughs> instead while we're doing this. Um, and as I say, it's fine. It's okay. It's got Daniel Craig in, so, you know, they got the, they, they got the actors involved. Um, I f seem to remember the shooting and the driving and all of that stuff is, is perfectly okay. <laughs> but I think there are much better, obviously, third-person shooter games. There are better Bond games. There's another Daniel Craig game, I can't remember what it's called now, that was not tied to any film. Bloodstone? Um, Bloodstone, that's it, Bloodstone. Which I actually quite enjoyed, uh, you know, a bit more. Um, and I think I rated it a little bit higher um, because it wasn't, you know, shackled to, well, not one film, but two films. Um, <laughs> uh, and kind of does its own thing. But, you know, perfectly serviceable third-person shooter spy game. It's okay. And it kind of could be better, I think. And it would have probably been better if they'd just made a Casino Royale game and didn't bother calling it Quantum of Solace. So just looking at 
TA, like, it looks like you started the game on August 1st of that year and then completed it on August 2nd. So it seems like you flew through the campaign. Like, was, was your thinking through the campaign? So I did. This was sort of average. Like, I, I don't know where you were at, at the time, obviously, in terms of how much time you were able to spend gaming in a night. But usually, I know if I bang out a campaign in one night, it's either because it was very short or because I was super invested and just didn't put it down. Is is the I know the completion's 35 to 40 hours, but was the campaign just on the short side? Well, that's mostly, yeah. It's, I think it's a short campaign. It's probably like okay. less than a 10-hour campaign, I'd say, probably, if that. Uh, I'm just looking now and... Uh, basically on the 2nd of August between 8.45 and what? Uh, 3.45. So however many hours oh, is okay. that? That's, that's a significant chunk of seven time. Hours? Yeah, seven, seven hours? Seven or eight yeah. hours. Okay. Yeah. I, so back in 2010, I worked retail. And mm-hmm. retail was great at the time because my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, was working nine to five and in retail you don't work nine to five so I would have days off when she was at work and I was at home and they were gaming days and (laughs) so I would have a full day to myself where I could blast through games those days are long gone and I (laughs) and I cherish them for what they were those in those days I was able to play the entirety of Fallout 3 and Mass Effect 2 um, and I have never uh, since been able to play a large open world role-playing game because I do not have that kind of chunk of time available to me. Uh, but anyway, that's that's an aside. I, I think I enjoyed it enough, and it was simple enough just to blast through it basically in a day, uh, and then and then and then mop up and and do um, some of the kind of miscellaneous stuff, collectibles, you know, all of all of that stuff. Um, it's it's just it's okay. It's fine. That's fair. Yeah. It's good rental. Uh, yeah, I think if you can seek it out, it's not back compatible. It's um, you know not available digitally anymore. Uh, so if you can find a disc and you've got a three sixty knocking about, there are worse ways to spend you know a day or two. Um, but yeah, th- this for me is this kind of epitomizes just okay gaming, and there are lots of games like this out there. Um, but I just find it interesting. I find it kind of interesting and unique in this kind of weird tie-in aspect where uh, they, they they couldn't stick to one film that they wanted to actually make a game out of. Yeah, the Casino Royale parts are, I remember being pretty good. Um, remember there's one uh, poison mission. I thought that was a really neat level where it's after Bond gets poisoned in Casino Royale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah. Basically, that's it. Uh, it's it's a better story, and it's a it's a better it's a better game for it. Um, and the Quantum of Solace stuff literally just acts as a framing device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other game I wanted to talk about as well was um, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, and uh, the HD is very important, <laughs> and uh, it's something that rankles me a little bit and maybe affected the rating a little bit and it's for the same kind of reason that you you mentioned uh death and that goldeneye is in in hd uh because just sticking hd on the end of something somehow is supposed to make it better but what you're taking is something that it's fundamentally not hd and kind of upscaling it but that doesn't mean it's good right it's not it's not 
a high definition experience it's a it's a higher than it was definition experience <laughs> so um obviously the assassin's creed series is 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 well known it's 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 got many entries and i am a particular and personal fan of that series and i've i've played pretty much all of them and, and completed most of them um, and I rate most of them f- between, I'd say, four and four and a half on, on average. I uh, think uh, Origins I'd maybe pushed into a five because I just loved that game and, and maybe two. I, I'm not sure exactly what my ratings have been, but but all around the kind of four, 4.5 uh, area. The, the reason I, I, I rate Liberation as three is probably because it, it's, it's unfair because it isn't a fully blown Assassin's Creed game. It's It's an arcade spin-off that is a, a remaster, I guess, of a handheld game. Uh, I think it was originally released on PSP, I want to say, huh. and then yeah, and then eventually ported across. And it's a perfectly fine Assassin's Creed Light game. I think it's really interesting setting. It sits alongside the Assassin's Creed Three storyline in terms of. It being set in kind of New World America, um, and in, in fact, you do interact with Connor during the game at, at a couple of points. It's got a it's got the first female protagonist of any of the Assassin's Creed games, which kind of you can credit it for and say, "Well done, you did that." But also, it was kind of a a, a cowardly way of doing it by saying, "We want to experiment with female protagonists, but we're worried about how that might play out, so we're gonna." relegate it to a a handheld spin-off game see how that does before then and even now even now they haven't fully committed to a a fully-fledged female protagonists you only have them in the chronicles games and as an option (laughs) in the most recent games the rpg style ones where you can play either as a guy or a girl you know in in odyssey and uh valhalla Um, and even in syndicate there was the twins and you can switch between them, but you could basically just choose to play as the man or the woman. So this is the only game uh, in the kind of main series, although it's a spin-off where you play an entirely female protagonist. Yes. So it's Assassin's Creed light. So it would be unfair to, I think, rank it and rate it alongside all the others. I find it okay, but, but there's something about it that just annoys me. And it is literally the fact that they've put HD in it because (laughs) If I was looking for a game to play and I was thinking, oh, I want to play an Assassin's Creed game. Ooh, this one is in HD. As though that's a selling point that makes it over and above the other Assassin's Creed games because they've said it's HD. When all they really mean is we've taken a not very high definition game and ported it Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and called it HD and slapped HD on it. I just find that a really kind of an odd thing and it, uh, you know, it, it rankles me. It's one of these unreasonable things <laughs> that bugs me. <laughs> so if they pulled out the HD part of the title, like, is that something where it's the difference between a three and a 3.5 or would it be easier to look at the game on no. its own merits and really not even think about that? Or is it still more or less a three? I think I'm just being facetious with that one, probably. But, <laughs> you know, put it out there. Yeah, there is an element of that where I'm saying that they're trying to they're trying to upsell the game. Right. When I don't think it needs to be upsold. 
sell it as a as a light experience and and actually when they did assassin's creed 3 remastered they bundled it in as a kind of an expansion pack to assassin's creed 3 uh, as part of that as as part of that game and i think that's a great way of doing it and i feel like maybe they could have or should have done that um originally right they could have given it away as dlc or or as like an expansion pack for people who had three and said here's an here's mm-hmm. a kind of extra experience um for you instead of kind of saying oh we've got this whole new arcade game it's assassin's creed liberation hd oh but that's just a handheld <laughs> port you know uh i think it does have some pretty cool ideas in it yes and for an arcade game yes the i remember there being the the like class system essentially where you switch what you're wearing and the people would treat you differently so i actually I being neat i actually have that has probably affected my rating possibly negatively because i appreciated that that was a thing every assassin's creed game has these things these like exper- slightly experimental mechanics that they throw in just for that one game you know, you've got like the tower defense element in, I think, is it Reve- Re- Revelations? Um, mm-hmm. And then the kind of managing the Brotherhood, sending them off on missions that they introduced, which which ended up being, you know, sticking for a few games. Um, and in this one, yeah, there's this whole concept that you change your outfit and you're like the lady or the slave or the assassin. And it gives you slightly different abilities and perks like you as a, as the lady you can't climb you can't free climb as, as you can as an assassin but you're less notorious so people won't spot you as easily um, i can't remember what you can do as the slave um, particularly you can sneak places better i um, don't recall that ever being important enough to make an impression on the overall gameplay and actually doing it like proactively being like oh no i'm gonna get caught i'm gonna become the lady <laughs> i don't remember ever doing that i just remember it being being told this is a thing you can do and then basically just ignoring it <laughs> yeah it, it's a neat idea that's all like yeah i, I would say that the three is somewhere I, I would be the same playing it from the three remastered but yeah, i just remember that being like the one thing i was like that was pretty neat they never do anything with it again, but it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So does this rating um, mark this as your lowest rated Assassin's Creed game? Or were there others that uh, you disliked more than this one? No, I think I think this was it would easily be the lowest. In fact, I will I will let you know now. I'm going to go I'm going to go Assassin's Assassin's because he hasn't played Pirates. Oh, no, I haven't. So here we go. This is my uh, top chronicle, top to bottom. Origins and two are five stars. Okay. Syndicate, the first one, Brotherhood and Black Flag are four point five. Revelations and Chronicles China, and three, and Rogue and Unity are all four, and Liberation is a three and. There is one that is lower, and that is Altair's Chronicles Windows Phone, hey. which is which is an, <laughs> okay. That's that's a, a, an yeah. awful, I, I might even rate that lower because that is an awful, awful game. <laughs> yeah, I'd played that too, I, and that's what I wanted to enjoy it, but it was just so poorly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
just just for the novelty of hey, I'm playing an Assassin's Creed game on my phone and getting achievements. But yeah, it was oh, yeah, it was not good. I mean, I mean, compared to compared to that, and really, it should be lower, I think, because I think Liberations is 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 it, it's a, it's a it is a it is an Assassin's Creed game. It has all of the kind of tropes of the Assassin's Creed fully fledged major releases. It's just such a light, mm-hmm. cut down version. And and this whole idea that it's masquerading as as this kind of upscaled thing when it's literally just a port of a of a handheld game uh, is is what is what brings it down. And there we have it. So our three games are kind of just okay-ish, good goodish games. Um, as always, I have also pulled uh, how the community has rated their games uh the patrons and other staff members and uh in general uh, there was a few trends that i noticed i always notice kind of these kind of trends as we've been going along and for three star games quite a lot of people shoved lego games the lego games as threes uh which i kind of get you know they're, they're to a lot of people just kind of okay games uh, i think personally i enjoy them a bit more i get a bit more out of them but i completely understand people saying that's a that's a three that's a solid okay game depends on the one but yeah I can yeah some a little bit better than others uh, i think the one that i noticed the most was indiana jones the original mm-hmm. adventures or whatever it is which was kind of a, yeah, that a makes middling sense. Uh, entry definitely um, and then there were a few games that kind of that kind of turned up quite a few times. Um, weirdly enough, Saints Row: Get Out of Hell turned up on on multiple people's lists, as did Deadlight, The More, Connect Adventures, Never Alone, and Cubes One and Two. That's Cube with a Q. Um, those games, I don't know why, just appeared in 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 like you know up to 10 people's different different people's lists so that kind of represents i think kind of a cross section of people who say this game's a three uh also um we've kind of pulled out in our lower ratings uh people who have rated telltale games as quite low and kind of highlighted those but i'd say at this point we're starting to get kind of a, a, a broader set of people marking telltale games as threes particularly Mm -hmm. um the game of thrones one uh kind of came out regularly here as kind of people who even like the telltale games would probably rank that one as as one of the lower ones so we'd probably put it around this mid-range um was there any uh any people you wanted to single out guys if you're looking through this list uh to kind of question their sanity (laughs) i guess when it comes to their threes I, I just wanted to point out something with the Telltale games, just as a food for thought type thing. I think what's interesting about the Telltale games in the style of The Walking Dead, so not the earlier ones like Jurassic Park, is that it's it's telling how some people will probably rate that game solely based on the story and how the decisions made the, them feel versus looking at it as a game and a whole package. And I think when we see a lot of these 3.0s, except for that Game of Thrones, which I know is kind of universally regarded as the weakest of the bunch of them. Um, I think some of the 3.0s you're seeing there are people who played them because they're easy gamer score, but they're not quick gamer score. And they acknowledge that the stories are fine, but there's really not a lot of gameplay. So mm-hmm. it's not doesn't feel good to give it a whole lot less, but it also isn't deserving of a whole lot more because of those elements it's missing. Although I'd be curious to hear the rationale from folks who had given those games a three. Absolutely. 
I'd say a lot of it is like I could see The Walking Dead being like really high, but then like I said, it's derivative. Mm-hmm. Like you've mm-hmm. done that, you know where the once you like The Walking Dead the first time is amazing, but once you know how the ride works, it becomes much less impressive. And in each subsequent version of those, that could see being like that's a like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen this, I know how this ride works. It's an excellent point because I, I recently played uh, The Walking Dead: A New Frontier. And I definitely, like, where I was willing to give the earlier Walking Dead games more of, like, the especially the first one, like, a five, because of how everything, like, gripped me. Like, there were still points in A New Frontier where I was like, oh, what? What? But been there, done that. It's not changing anything. Obviously, the writers are good. It's, it's not trying to change anything, but it's just kind of is stuck in this middling mm-hmm. rut, which doesn't make it bad. It just isn't trying to be more. So, yeah. Well, I was going to start calling out a few people. I, I noticed um, quite a few of the Call of Duty games, uh, quite a few of the Call of Duty games turned up in, in, in multiple people's lists. Uh, Fighter Chip gave Black Ops a three. Wild West 08 gave Modern Warfare 3 a three. Big L gave three, Call of Duty 3, the original, a three. Tony Coconuts, Modern Warfare 2 and World at War also got a three um but the one that kind of really stood out was an ego gave modern warfare 2 modern warfare 3 black ops 2 and black ops 3 all uh three stars now i'm not a big call of duty fan so i don't know if i would land any differently on them but um i thought it was interesting that that you know people felt so strongly average about these ones i think modern warfare 2 to me is like condemned to was he was the first Call of Duty game I really played start to finish and was invested in the story and I loved it because I was still early enough in my Xbox gaming where I didn't really think of shooters as having stories. They were just sort of like loud, dumb games that people played, uh, which was not a fair assumption, but was just having grown up on just JRPGs. That's what I was thinking. Uh, And I was so surprised by how invested I was in the story of Modern Warfare 2 two that it definitely tracks higher for me but that was also the first one i ever played and i generally like shooters now where i get the feeling with someone like anigo and he'll have to correct us if i'm wrong or correct me if i'm wrong first person shooters might not be anigo's thing and or maybe that franchise isn't and so they're only gonna have a sort of like the cap for them is in five Mm -hmm. because the way that he's going to approach them that they would really have to be super exceptional to get to that point. Yeah, and I kind of agree with that. You know, I'm a big story guy, so I don't know how good the Call of Duty stories are. You know, if they'd have they'd have to do a lot to really mm-hmm. wow me. Right. But you know, I'd give it I'd give a Spec Ops as a shooter a lot higher rating for what it does narratively, probably oh, sure. than than a Call of Duty. I'd imagine. Um, he also gave Max Payne three and Watch Dogs three stars as well, though. So you know. I could I could see that actually, but uh, speaking of spec ops, uh, Redirect gave spec ops the line of three, which I think is very interesting, because I can actually totally see it. I love that game, but I could totally see it just being like, no, I don't. You, there's like the story, and if you discount all the story to it, it's not a very. It's like kind of an okay game with an amazing story. Yeah, it it, it elevates itself narratively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, too, and I don't know a Ruteric's specific reason, so that's, again, something we need to get that feedback, but that game is so, like, grindy on your soul about how you make decisions, because there's never a good one, like, you're always picking from bad and worse, 
that there are people who don't want that in their games. And again, not saying that this is the case specifically for him, but that could be a turnoff for people. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to go in and be the hero and all these things where I'm I'm in this, like the gameplay is okay and it's fine, but I, I feel kind of icky playing this because of that. That's another angle that may affect people in their rankings of that game. Mm-hmm. I've definitely encountered people that have had that, like a visceral, like, anger towards it, or it's just mm-hmm. like that it, they hate the fact that the game hates them for wanting to play it. Mm. Right. Um, I thought it was interesting that Hawkeye Barry uh, also rated Psychonauts 2 as a 3 because, from what I understand, that's a pretty pretty banging game. So I'd be interested to know why it kind of didn't elevate itself for him to the level that I think quite a few people have experienced. That's actually specifically one I was going to call out yeah, because mm-hmm. Psychonauts 2 is is great, but it's also great at what it does. If you're not into those 3D platformers with lots of collectibles, like if that's just a genre that's never worked for you, mm-hmm. as good as Psychonauts 2 is, it's not going to work for you because it still has those trappings. So I can see that. But yeah, that that was actually the specific one. And I I'll, I know, Devin, you wanted to call out Hawkeye Barry, too. But um, yeah, that was the specific one that got my attention was Psychonauts 2 from from everybody. That surprised me. It's Vampire Survivors was on his. And I was like, yeah, man, we agree. Because it's a game that, yeah, I think if it doesn't work for you, it's that's just where you're going to put it. And uh, same with like Assassin's Creed 3. More like I was just looking at his, and I was like, "Man, we we kind of agree on a lot of it." <laughs> it's just like, straight down the line. It was weird. Yeah, Hawkeye Barry also gave Oxenfree a three, and I feel like the first time I tried Oxenfree, I would have agreed because I had a really hard time kind of getting over the hump with that game and getting into it. But when I finally like sat down and like, no, I'm actually really going to try getting through this game. I wound up really liking it. Mm. I think it landed at a four for me. Um, and then you had so to play I, it twice you know, and more. I, and <laughs> well, I still haven't played it the well, third time. Go, so yeah. I, can see, yeah. I can see that and having so, an impact. And some of that <laughs> contributes, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure, mm. exactly what I was getting. I agree 100%. Mm. I, I also find it interesting that some people seem to be um, maybe, well, I don't know, inconsistent in their ratings and that, you know, people might rate a surprisingly high game as a three highly rated game as a three and also at the same time a generally low rated game as a three and specifically i wanted to call out uh fug who (laughs) rated uh left for dead the original left for dead as a three and you go okay well okay not for you i guess whatever gears judgment okay that's not the best gears you know that's a three uh and a hoggy two now for anyone who's not familiar with Hoggy 2, and I wouldn't be surprised if you weren't, but Hoggy 2 is basically Rattalika, easy game score, trash. And he's saying that that game is on an equal footing to Left for Dead, which, you know, it, it took me aback, let's say. Yeah, you know, just wait to see where he put Hoggy 1. <laughs> That's interesting. It's interesting to see where the bees make honey. Uh, it's on two people. It's like Kush and Northern Lass at, at three. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I think I was a bit kinder to it than some people who I think were said it was was you know absolute 
trash. Uh, I, I remember in a very early podcast segment when I think uh, maybe Rawker and uh, maybe Fu- probably Fuven saying this is terrible, this is awful, and Kush was sitting there going, "No, well, you know, it's uh, it's one <laughs> it's one guy, one guy made a game and tried a few things, and it's okay, it's fine." And that was his kind of that's how he landed on it. So I think that's it. And, and and I've mentioned it before, but I generally am kind of kind on indie games and a lot of games that people have rated mm. ones, one point fives or, or lower. I've I've tended to land more two two point five because I I say you know well done you did a thing, uh, but I don't think I would put where the bees make honey at that level personally. Yeah, three seems yeah. generous. I I can see. I can see where people see that it has the potential to become a three-star game if it had access to more development time or more resources. Like maybe there's a kernel of that in there that that would be the max it could get to. But as it as it is presented, I don't think it quite makes it to that level. But mm-hmm. again, reviews are subjective. And if that's how folks feel, I think you raised a great point before, Chewy, about it's when you look at what other people rate at that same level, you wonder, you know, clearly Fug doesn't mean that that Hoggy 2 is on the same level of Left 4 Dead. But if you're looking at Hoggy 2 against other Rataleika games, maybe it rates a little more generously. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious uh, where the folks who gave where the bees make honey. Uh, other what other three star yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, games they they had because um, you probably see some triple a type titles that that are in there that are you know ranked against these independent titles where the where the mm-hmm. scale is different yes that's true yeah you might you might rate a triple a game that disappointed you lower mm-hmm. uh, as a three and then an indie game that you know impressed you as a three but if you stood them next to each other you would still say yeah but you know the indie game is still not as good <laughs> but you know right yeah, not all threes are made equal, equal. Yeah. Absolutely. i think that's a, that's a very fair assessment yeah definitely yeah. whereas like all 0.5s are the same <laughs> but after you start getting <laughs> to the three range i think it's it's a blurred line <laughs> yeah it, mm-hmm. it's not a linear thing yeah i think sometimes for the most part with games that rate lower it really is because portions of them are broken controls don't work well or the saves break or there's just something fundamentally with them development wise that didn't work i think the higher up the list you go it turns into more intangibles did the story strike it for you it doesn't matter to you that the development team is small was the game okay but the soundtrack was so great that you just said give it that extra 0.5 i just think that that all is is way more Mm -hmm. important the further up the score ladder you get than it is toward the bottom i I did want to pull out one another example of that kind of dichotomy uh is that's the right Mm -hmm. word which is that uh our one of our newer patrons katie 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 uh katie Um, <clears throat> ranked the Division 2 as a 3 you know okay fine maybe, maybe you know not the best Division or Tom Clancy game out there mm-hmm. but but okay and um, Energy Cycle which uh, I think is notorious for being one of the quickest and not uh, very good games out there but maybe a perfectly serviceable puzzle game that Katie thought was well, absolutely you like those kind of puzzles <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. like it works. It did, it did it what, those it, kind what of it set out to do. It's, right. just, it's just such a basic right. game. It's just funny. It's funny 
comparing the two and then what goes into the division two and what goes into energy cycle and saying, you know, and, and putting them aside each other like that. It's, it's, it's interesting. I know I've said this before, um, but it always, always amuses me when I see the folks that make these easy achievement videos that highlight games with quick gamer score, specifically Bill's, where he'll, you know, get three of those videos up there and he'll give one game of three, one game of 3.5 and one game of two. 3,000 gamer score in 10 minutes. It's like, how did you play enough to know? Like, like what? And, and yet those are his reviews that are counted in the averages on TA. So maybe Energy Cycle gets a three because it was a five minute 1K. Like maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's enough. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else anyone wants to pull out? No, I'm, I am uh, super excited to get into the higher rankings and kind of dial into... Mm-hmm like these differences like and hear what you both what what elevates games for the both of you like what things that that are important to you in making a game hit the upper level of the games that you've played so i'm really looking forward to moving on to what's toward the top of our gaming history yeah because i think obviously we're talking about better games this time but they are still couched in elements of kind of negativity or Mm -hmm. disappointment that kind of don't elevate them but but as we move uh, as we move forwards um I think that's going to melt away as we start gushing <laughs> about the games that we like. Ew. <laughs> oh, I'll be gushing. <laughs> I'll be gushing everywhere. Okay. Well, uh, thank you as always, uh, Michelle and Devon, for joining me. Um, and we have been the Master Raters. Oh.